action. Don't laugh! This ain't reality TV! I take this action! I'm only stuck! Can we get serious now? It's the Fortress Film Society on The Chad Duke Show. Ooh, like it, love! Dotty Dotty, we like the party sitting in the chair he was born to sit in. <laughs> That's right. My left hand listening to my bullshit. <laughs> Getting peer pressured to drink when he's depressed. This man is going to be have moonbeams shooting out of his fingers in fucking 30 minutes. There was no peer pressure. There was no distri- uh, depression either. There's a little bit of depression. Look at your rate on the microphone compared to mine. Look at that. Look how low your voice is compared to mine. That's I because see. Jester never turns himself up. <laughs> <laughs> I see your sadness. It is the Fortress Film Society. What a better way to start off than talking about depression. I am Shoot. We are broadcasting live from the Fortress of Solid Dudes. Thanks for listening. Thank you to both members of our audience. You motherfuckers. You can come up here for the Fortress Film Society. You know, I hate to tell you, it's my favorite show that we do. And uh, we like when people are in the audience. Everyone comes out for crazy fucking wacky Ant-Man night. Well, come out here and talk movies with us weirdos. That's what I say. I was going to say, you might have just pinpointed the problem. Guess so. <laughs> Could be. Could be. Who knows? People love a spectacle. Uh, well, that was a spectacle on Wednesday, most assuredly. Now, the audience didn't seem to love it because I caught nary a grin <laughs> from the members of the audience. But uh, we Well, you didn't speak proper Elvish, so guess, it didn't quite boy, work out for you. That fucking bomb. <laughs> I was like, this is going to murder. Everybody loves treant shtick. And then... Let's not be too hasty. That was rough. It went down like a Chinese weather. But, uh, that is uh, the tube over there. Hello, tube. Tuber stepping up big. Of course, uh, Jim Daddy's still recovering at home with the fam. Oof. Wish him the best. Stay there, Jim. Uh, so, tube is stepping up to run the board tonight. Thank you, tube. I lost my canoe. I got stabbed. I fell down a hole. I crawled out of the <laughs> Could river. Could you All fucking of that believe? Just here. I, I didn't realize Jimmy Stewart was the T-800. He's going to come up with an endoskeleton. He comes up, by the way, throwing axes. Oh, yeah. That's how I want to come up when I get pushed down a fucking... That's pretty great. ...into a hole. Uh, loud Goat is here as well. Yes. Hello, Loud Goat. Hello, and you've caught me. I, uh, I actually just got back from breaking my brother out of the hospital and dropping him off at a stranger's house. Was that... That was so funny when that... Fuck, when you realize... Well, we'll get to that. Yeah. I, w- I was downstairs pissing with goat, and uh, of course we were as sh- we want to do. We yeah. share a urinal uh, before the uh, the show just to make sure that we're. It's on our the same. tribute to Ghostbusters. Are you side by side or one's on top of the other? Uh, what I like to do <laughs> is sitting, sitting on his shoulders. Actually, it, ironically, Dotson, I'm glad you asked. We face each other. We don't even end up using the urinal. Oh, we just okay. piss all over each other. <laughs> um, Wait a minute. And we started uh, we started chatting, and I said I don't think any movie show ever has done it as an eclectic variety of film as we're going to attempt to discuss tonight and uh i stand by that yeah spin the wheel of randomness here we are i don't know usually it happens while we're just flapping gums and movies come up right is that what it is is that how it happens well or there's somewhere in between the two shows where we'll get a hot text from yeah. from dukes on a on an evening where again i'd like you, to apologize for it, that it, it's never steered me wrong as far as watching an, an extra movie has uh, been concerned hang on the christmas movie 
the Wolf Ferrell movie. Oh yeah, Spirited. Yeah. Uh, it would look. I stand by. It was a Christmas, a new Christmas <laughs> movie at Christmas, exactly. and I get fired up for Christmas. And that was that is the worst movie I've ever seen. And E Rock, Eric Nagel liked that movie. Oh, Told man. me that I was that we were all crazy. And if you'll E-Rock. recall, I didn't hate it anywhere near as much as the two of you. Yeah, did. that, that, that turns, doesn't mean I like it. That but, turns my stomach. Yeah. Um, just to hear you say that. Um, I did forget forget about that. I probably would have canceled tonight's episode. Sorry. Would I ever? There's so that. many ways I could have gotten us all out of this. I'm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Just turned around. What else is goat done that we're mad at? Well, I didn't see. Here's the thing. I knew we had the strawberry Dr. Peppers oh, here yeah. in the Fortress of Solid Dude, so I knew Goat was bringing his happy ass in here. Is that your first sip? Well, this is just wonderful. It, I, there's just there's things where I'm watching them, and I'm like, well, there's no way Tube doesn't like this. As soon as I saw there was a strawberry yeah. Dr. Pepper, and then once it crossed my lips on uh, Wednesday's episode, I believe, was it Tuesdays? I don't remember. It was, I believe it was Wednesday. Yeah. I said, Goat is going to lose his fucking mind about oh, this. Oh, man. I saw they posted on Instagram that this had been released over the weekend, yes. and I was worried that I would have to go to great lengths to get my hands on some of it. And lo and behold, all I had to do was show up at the Fortress of Solid Dudes. I believe uh, Orgy Beard is the one that we can thank for that. Yeah, I know Ant-Man brought some as well, so a couple of people kind of stepped up. I'm interested. I know you don't like the diet soda, but I think maybe sampling the Zero just, okay. to, just to compare and contrast. That used Absolutely. to be like a, a fountain exclusive, right? Well, pretty much the freestyle exclusive, I think, even. No, dude, I swear to God, I had strawberry Dr. Pepper in, like, New Mexico at a Jack in the Box. It might have been one of those test yeah. bits that they do where they release yeah. it in one zip code to see how that's, it That's sells. what I assume because yeah. I never saw it again, so having it in cans is a big fucking deal yeah. now. I don't remember it ever being. I thought I thought it was a brand new soda, but I could be wrong. I mean, I've done, never encountered it before. They've done cherry. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've done cherry vanilla. They've done cream soda. That cream soda is still probably my one seed, at least as far as variants of Dr. Pepper go. Surprised to hear you say that, because to me it tastes exactly like Dr. Pepper, which most of them do. Like they they never make the fucking mistake that Coke does, where they're like, "Here's an orange Coke, go fuck yourself." How right. I, like what am I gonna? Do? The only criticism I have of that is I don't get a lot of Dr. Pepper in it. I get a lot of strawberry. It's really subtle. Yeah, yeah and the, the the cream is there as well. Like, so they're all competing. So the Dr Pepper is kind of the last man standing. I would say. I've never asked you this, Gil. Where are you on Mr Pib as a Dr Pepper? Enthusiast? I have no problems with Mr Pib right. if it's Same what's here. available when Dr Pepper is not around. The tree is definitely Dr Pepper first, and then all right. And if they respond and go, "Well, we have Mr Pib," I'm like, "All right, that's fine." See, I think yeah. that, I, I think I have that. Flip flopped. I, I think Pib is my one C okay. because it was nearly it wasn't nearly as easy to access when I was a kid. Like Dr Pepper was kind of omnipresent, and Mr Pib was not. It's like RC Cola. Like if I found an RC oh, yeah. Cola, I was always yeah. going to prefer that to a Coke or a Pepsi. I Thank can definitely Kevin. understand that. Yeah, the uh, like Mr Pib was a lot harder to find in the wild back in the like late seventies, early to yeah. mid eighties. And now Pib Extreme because sexism, of course. Did you know that? Is that why? I thought it was just because they added more flavor That's to it. That's the way that I was explained Pib to me. Extra. They didn't want to say Mr. Pib. What do you think? Oh, absolutely, yes. You drop some bourbon in that bad boy. Fabulous. I mean, or some rum. Even better, probably. Ooh. All this talk, I was about to throw my Coke Zero against the wall, and Ke- <laughs> Kevin was gra- gracious enough to get up and get me Dude, one without me even asking. Thank you, you might as well dump that Coke Zero out now that you try that fucking thing, and you ain't going to be satiated. Yes. Uh, we are presented by, of course, the studio is presented by Monk's Barbecue. God, did you guys see that hot dog that they had today? Dude, I'm, I'm glad that he's doing more of those. Holy shit. Fucking fantastic! Yeah, it's unreal. I, I it, at one point I looked out of my watch and I was like, "Can I? Can I get out there and get back before the show <laughs> yeah. begins?" Amongst barbecue, I'm sure you guys are already getting your Super Bowl food from there. Absolutely 
the best. Uh, got a lot to get to tonight on the show. I wanted to get to this first. I have something for each of you. This is for you, Dotson. <gasps> oh, wow. That is Stargate yes. on VHS, and this is for Loud Goats. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. That is episode one on uh, VHS. Yes, and it is in great condition. That, these All are things considered, yeah. They're both in what we, we, I think we would call near mint condition. So there's oh, a, my there, God. And it's been rewound, so... There's that. Story behind those, uh, at one point, Spider Clamp uh, came crashing into Commonwealth Dry Goods with a giant box about two years ago, and he said, you want these? I don't want these anymore. Get them the fuck out of here. Dropped them off and ran out the door. Uh, okay. Because, well, you have a sign outside that says VHS, unwanted VHS drop-off. I got right? a sign That's... out in front of my, my, my store that says dead storage. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, there's a, there was this giant box filled with amazing VHS tapes, like- Back to the Future and Jurassic Park. Oh my God. I think I snabbed. Uh, snabbed? Oh, it's a snag and a nab snabbed at the same time. Snabbed. I, uh, I think I got Dante's Peak out of there while you weren't Yes. Looking. Yeah, I think you may have shoplifted. But I, I forgot all about this box. It was just sitting in the back of the fucking store. And I went over to do some stuff at the, at the shop for my chick. And I, my chick, and I found the box and I was like, I bet there's one in here for each of those boys. And that's why I yorked both of those out there and brought them <laughs> you over. You are absolutely I, correct. Yeah, I'm enjoy thanks, those man. boys. Enjoy those. I, okay. a, I know where that's going to go when I get home. Right in the pooper. No. Right straight there's in the a, cornhole. There's a shelf space right next to my big Lego Boba Fett. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, that's good. That fucking will be simpatico next to each other. Do you still have a, VR, a VCR? I do. I don't know that it still functions. Yeah. It has I not been put to the test in a little while. I have been in and out of the market, meaning every time I'm drunk, I pull up VCRs <laughs> to buy, and then I either pass out or I mention that I'm thinking about buying a VCR, and then an argument ensues. Oh. But I think I eventually – I think I just got to yeah. fucking do it, dude. Don't just show, ask for forgiveness. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not afraid – like, owning a VCR is not going to be the problem, but just – I have a couple – tapes in my on my shelf sure i just know once i have that medium the the floodgates will open oh it's yeah. very difficult because they look so great sitting cheap. on the shelf some of them aren't like the ones you in really want years yeah are not cheap and that's that's the bummer because what remember i did that the, the commonwealth video thing that goat helped us out with oh zap scanline yeah. yes excuse me i mean I, I could find 12 monkeys but if i wanted like a pristine copy of 12 monkeys it was like 35 bucks sure but you can get a shit one that works, and just that you can play. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, what are there multiple people that have YouTube channels based on the video rental store yeah. that they've built in their basement, yeah. and so they've got like I you know it. the little TV in the corner and all the old cardboard standees all over the place. And they do. There's one guy that I saw a video on social media where he's every season he puts out different decorations and different That's movies. That's so great. And, like every time awesome. there's a Friday the Thirteenth, he trots the Jason cutout out. Yeah, and, I mean he's a loser yeah. like the rest of us yeah. are. <laughs> hey, but you know what? You always look at the people who have those things. You go, wow, I I would love to have that. And then you go like, no, no, I'm okay watching yeah. someone else's. Yeah, he, uh, my buddy TJ has a, a workshop out in his garage, and he's got a 19 inch bubble TV with a VCR underneath it, and he just has a tape shelf. And he's got like 14 oh, movies, and just every time he goes out there, he puts in Top Gun or The Hunt for Red October, nice. and just that's in the background. It's got the, it's got all the fucking fizz, all the horse shit that you want. There's a good warm fuzzies for it. It yeah. really is. Uh, boys, let's start, if you don't mind, with uh, my selection for the past week. I was on a bit of a Western binge after we watched uh, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, and I picked a movie that was made the very next year. It doesn't look like it. Um, fucking uh, Jimmy Stewart. Looked rather aged in this movie as he just went from camp to camp fucking young girls. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I, I mean, the smile on his face as he was coming down the river in that canoe, just like life's a dream, isn't it? Did you do you really think uh, mountain men coming back from the west to Pittsburgh would just run into di- just fucking dime after dime <laughs> as they were canoeing with their beaver pelts? Well, in Hollywood, all Holy things shit. are possible. Uh, I wrote a bunch of notes for this movie. Uh, it is how the West was won. It is a sweeping epic. This is back when they were making. You know, Ten Commandments and Ben Hur and all this shit were like you can't even I can't even imagine that. those scenes with the buffalo. Yeah, they had the disclaimer at the beginning. There's way too many horses falling over in this because they were really were falling over for me. Eighty six percent from the critics, seventy four percent, and a whopping two hour and forty four minute runtime. So again, thank, not a sprint. Thank you, boys, for your patience in that. Um, I will start with, of course, if you've seen this movie, the cast is. Uh, Absolutely fantastic. Everybody you've ever known. Lee J. Cobb in this. I forgot about that. Yeah. At the end, we love him. Carl uh, Malden's in this movie. John Wayne shows up for 10 seconds. Yeah. Who's I, your boy from MASH who's playing the list? Harry Morgan. Grand? Harry Morgan. Who's, who's listed as Henry, quote, or in parentheses, Harry Morgan really? in the credits, which I was like, well, that's weird. Just pick one. It's kind of when like Lawrence Fishburne turned from Larry to Lawrence. Yeah, but he didn't do it in the same movie. Huh. That was the part that was yeah, the part that threw true. me where it was like Henry, Harry, Morgan. It was like the subtitle to a song being on the forty five. You're like, wait a second. <laughs> um Debbie Reynolds in this movie is about as attractive as anyone could be. I actually yeah. felt real bad for a character because it's it, the whole movie everyone's just lusting after oh her. Oh my god, yeah. And being pervy. And and for the wrong reasons. Yeah. They're all just basically like, Well, I can use you to get what I need done. And yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, just to have babies or have money. Uh Gregory Peck, uh the list goes on and on and on. Um I wrote my very first note go was overtures rule um <laughs> i yeah. love an overture i love a, i love a movie that has a theme that they come back to uh it was a big oil painting of cowboys and indians fighting yeah. and i just i really I, I really love that i'm glad when that isn't taken out of a, a home release yeah me that too is, absolutely i think there's a lot of value i think that that was in the kingdom of heaven cut that the, we watched yeah right? the roadshow cut i yeah. believe it was referred to yeah because it has the overture and the um, the intermission, yeah, which is and important. the intract where they come back in from the intermission. I had like, to look up what that meant. I love that <laughs> stuff. Like I love having those those little nuggets. My first exposure to that was uh, it's a mad 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 world. Yes, the the two VHS tape version of that where they had the full overture before the credits rolled. It was just, and so I got suckered into that kind of. I guess, again, procedure and protocol sure. of having a movie this long where you know people got to get up at some point. You are a fan of procedure I, and protocol. I am indeed. That's and an incredible movie, by the way. Yeah. It's a mad, 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 yeah. mad, 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 yeah. mad world. <laughs> well, that's why I'm so mad because uh, because of that movie, I sat there at the end of Monty Python and the Holy Grail <laughs> when the intermission came up waiting for the second half of the fucking movie. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was a VHS tape, so it just kind of ran. And I was just like... What in the shit is going on here? Like I didn't get the joke, and then it wasn't funny after I got it. I was mad. Uh, yeah, I mean, the first time I, I went, I was like a kid, and I watched it too. I was like, "What the fuck was that?" Yeah, I was Wait, so that's mad. The end? I wanted yeah. to find out. Like, are they are they in jail now, or what, what, <laughs> how did they get into the past? Um, I, I, this movie, if you haven't seen it, it's a, in three acts, and it's about a family that is, is progressing out west at like different paces and in different ways. I was not prepared for the singing. I'll, I'll start with that. Some- I was going to say I wasn't ready for a musical. I was not ready for Debbie Reynolds to bust out an accordion. Me neither. But apparently uh, that was part of her act when she was coming up in show business. So. She wailed on it. Yeah. Did a great job. Um, 
Jimmy Stewart in a canoe filled with beaver pelts is something I didn't know I needed, and I didn't needed it desperately. And <laughs> I was so happy when he, like, at the very beginning, when he's like trading with the Indians, and then like, he's canoeing confidently. I was like, "This is fucking great! This, <laughs> this could be, be the whole movie. This I'm good." Be, um, there are so many smoke shows in this movie. Like, there's so many classically beautiful women in this movie. That it, it somehow takes you out of it. I was going to say, they didn't exactly go for authentic Old West realism as far as the With character the dudes, models they kind of did. Some of the, well, especially yeah, the uh, nefarious ones. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Lee Van Cleef's wardrobe in this fucking movie. His hair and his hat alone. Uh, I want to dress and, I, and look like that for the rest of my life. It was amazing. Um... I wrote down, I still went to see the varmint with the pirate girl because it's, <laughs> that is a euphemism for I'm still going to go fuck other women is the greatest thing I've ever heard. And then even at the end when he's supposed, at the end of his act, when he's supposed to have this big pivotal moment, he says, I guess I've done seen my last varmint. And I'm like, is this supposed to be dramatic? Because This I is was... him settling down. See, he's he's no longer out on the prowl anymore. Uh, I felt really bad for Lily. Uh, lots of 50-year-old men just like popping up backstage to really be inappropriate. Yeah. Uh, she held her own. I wrote down Buffalo are awesome. Um, just there's a lot of scenes with Buffalo. I did look up the one scene where the gentleman is hunting. Yeah. And that was a fake Buffalo buffalo that okay. he felled in one shot because i was kind of thinking like well the time frame of when they made this movie was before people were really really up in arms about sure. hurting animals during movies i said was that yeah, did dicey. they just ice a buffalo for the sake of a no no apparently it was a fake this this movie is a character study there isn't really a beginning middle and the end and it's it's three kind of really different parts where the beginning is almost like a weird romance uh the, i don't even know how to characterize Jimmy uh, Stewart's part. And the end is kind of an old-fashioned Western where a bad yeah. guy comes to town, one of the most infamous bad guys of all time, you could argue, with a gentleman that was playing him. Um, so I, I, it felt a little disjointed to me, and you had to kind of reacquaint yourself with who the characters were at each new passing fucking time period, and it was extremely long. Um, and I watched it Stone Cold Sober, which was is never something that I usually do. Okay. Um, I liked it a lot. I, I thought the the mute the 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 not the um, the score the score was great. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. really the singing and the dancing numbers. I'm never all that fired up for. Um, it's going to be a very tough movie for me to score to rank. I think. Yeah, just I, it, because there's so much. Well, it felt like uh, in some ways it felt like two or three different movies entirely. Sure, it did. Like, yeah. and it and this is one of those things where if it were an episodic series. I feel like each part could stand out a little bit more. Yeah. Overall, it was there was nothing I would say was unenjoyable. There were parts that were way more amazing than others. I, I would say if I I did watch that fight scene on a loop where Walter Brennan's uh, River Dude. Pirates got their comeuppance after trying to uh, to ice uh, Jimmy Stewart. How about when Jimmy Stewart just throws the keg of fuck it, boom, foam yep. yeah. throws a YOLO, I, bam, everybody fucking dies. I said right after Walter Brennan goes, <laughs> Americans can't be whipped. Here's an axe in the back. Debbie Reynolds is snatching that sack of cash and thwacking the dark hair pirate so daughter great. with it. He used a lit somebody used a lit torch as a club in the fight. There was a knife from Jimmy Stewart skewering Lee Van Cleef. Jimmy Stewart with the brutal chair shot to Walter Brennan's face. They just said Walter Brennan's face in the camera, chair, boom, and they cut it so perfectly yeah. that it just looked like those guys were really getting just destroyed and Pier, then a pier six brawl i yeah. think we could call that <laughs> and then and then yeah the exclamation point is the keg of gunpowder right into the open campfire 
Everybody <laughs> dies just, here tonight. That, I mean, that was the mindset. It was and like so one guy much, broke his leg. I think it's like 90 <laughs> seconds long, and they packed about 20 minutes of action into those 90 seconds. Yeah, I think there's a lot. There's a lot of good in this movie, but the first 20 to 30 minutes or so, I think, really is the best, dude. Because it's just I, I know. Like I was thinking, okay, like one word summary. Like this movie's really stunning in it a is. lot of different ways because. It's got that the Cinerama, yeah. Um, you know the the three the three camera panoramic um, uh, cinematography, yeah. And so I mean, you know, they're showing that the the original way that people were seeing this was like a curved screen That's, to really get yeah. that. And I'm um, like, this is not like a bedroom TV movie. You got to watch this on the biggest screen that you can because I sat there and I, I eventually just stopped like counting, but I was just like talking a lot of myself like, wow, holy shit, mm-hmm. wow. Every time you saw like. The scope of of something like the mountain. I mean, you open up with the shot of the mountains, right? But anytime you really see like the rivers and valleys, that's or yes. the woods. You see how like deep the woods are in these shots because of the way of the technology that they're that they're using. It's just so striking. Like I was like I was like bringing my wife into the room, being like, just fucking look at this. Like yeah. look at how cool this looks. And for the time that it came out, you know, you see, like, now we have IMAX, right? This is basically what IMAX was. It was a stitched in, together IMAX, In 1962, yeah. but also, like, I don't know how you guys watched it. I rented it on Amazon, and the transfer was, it was bright, and the colors. Oh, gorgeous. Dude, That's how I got yeah. Like, the colors, I, like, the, the, the trailer was playing, playing in front of me just a minute ago, and the way that they brought the colors out, and just the way that it looks overall, it's it's really amazing. Like, it's just like a... It's it's a treat. When they go up to that cabin in the in the Rockies at the very end before he sets off to become a marshal, like I thought that was such a cool scene and like yeah. was, like, nestled up there. Um, Eli Wallach, I, I always mispronounce his last name, but he plays uh, two, uh, the thing. It sucks is when you talk about Tuco with people, they all think you mean Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad now, but it's yeah. it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. And he shows up at the end of this fucking movie, and I swear to God, it reminds the first thing I thought of is coconut cream pie. <laughs> this is the end of a meal at the Capitol Grill, and this is the best part. This motherfucker, fresh face with a goddamn crazy ass fucking you know dialogue and the big mustache, crazy fucking gunfight on the end of that train with everybody swinging around. Oh my god! The cars yeah. are, how do they fucking That's shoot the thing. that? You're just looking at it, and you're like, how the fuck? All, all the stuff on the water too. When they're in like the rapids. I'm just like, how the fuck did they do that? Someone died, right? Somebody had to die. Someone died. Well, apparently, I I didn't look. I saw, when I looked up the Buffalo, what I saw was a headline that said, a stuntman almost died during the Buffalo Stampede. How about every 10 minutes in this movie? I couldn't believe that that was the most notable. I figured somebody had to have perished. Or or maybe he just was unaccounted for because he was turned into paste because they legit had a Buffalo Stampede run through the set around people. I just feel bad that there's a movie out there where Tuco basically plays Tuco again, only he's a little more clean, <laughs> and I haven't seen it until I'm 44 years old. Well, this was before Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. It is. I think, well, yeah. I mean, well before. 62. Yeah. But Good, Bad, and the Ugly had to be closer to 70. I was I like assume. 68 or something. Yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. Um, the, the Civil War stuff for me was cool because I, I like the Civil War. I know a little bit about it. Knowing about Shiloh was the bloodiest battle of the Civil War. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you had John Wayne was playing Sherman, like it's fucking, it's crazy to me. Um, and then had that little back and forth between like you have a Confederate soldier defecting and a Union soldier defecting. They're like, "What the fuck are we doing? Like, I get, yeah. I should be shooting you." They're like, well, you don't have a gun, and and then they end up killing each other. I that was cool. And they uh, the big scene with the artillery and everything was so massive and like over the top. I just really looked miserable. Well, I mean, it's yeah, it no did kidding. a great job of. Yeah. And I also like that uh, George Papard's character, whose name is unfor- was it Zeb? I think so. See Zeb Rollins, and I believe what he. Was you know it's like that realization because he was so excited to go off and fight yeah. in the war, 
and that kind of character journey where he's immediately like, well, this this sucks. Like, yeah. this is just kind of horrible. You know what you reminded me of? Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Because his character, everybody shits, we talked about this on the show, but everyone shits on Luke Skywalker in Star Wars. But his character is really the only character that changes drastically in each of the three acts. Like, everybody else is kind of still, Princess Leia matures and Han matures, but Luke is three different people in each of those movies. And I, I felt that with George Papard. It's like he's this fucking hayseed kid in the first one, and then he's, like, fucking going off to war, and then he's a a, sh- a mountain man, and then he's a sheriff, and like he's a, got a family. Yeah. I thought that was his character arc. Well, clearly, he was, you know, probably the protagonist, I would say. But. I would say, yeah. And the artillery scene kind of was one of the examples of the things that – one of the things that struck out at me visually – the Cinerama process was amazing, yeah. and it resulted, it really worked with the vistas. Yeah. When you started to get people in the shots, the unfortunate side effect was there was a lot of, we're in the dead center of the frame, or two people on either side would just sort of be staring, because when you saw it in the giant curved, uh, in the giant curve presentation, they were actually looking back in hmm. on the center, but when you're looking at it on a flat screen, sure. they're just sort of staring dead-eyed off into space, which is... A small quibble for the vi- for the trade off of those giant vistas, right. but yeah. nonetheless, like that's what you kind of see in the flat pre- the flat presentation. I mean, every time this this movie went indoors, I was just oh. I was like, come on, like, like <laughs> I was like, get me back outside. I, right. I just want to see more. I just want to see more of the land outside. Like, get me back into and the, especially daylight. Like, yeah. oh my god, the daylight well, scenes just were so fucking amazing. Just that POV shot where they're going down Main Street or whatever as they're going to the river right. yeah. while the family's waiting. Just that slow push in where you're going down the street and everything's happening on the sides. Those were very immersive, even in the presentation, even in the flat screen. Riverboat scenes, amazing. riverboat scenes were great. Like watching so that riverboat chug up the road, like, yeah. and, and he's like fucking swinging off of it off the pier and jumping off. Like that was a riverboat. You know, that was a real riverboat they were doing that from. There was a lot of great stuff to scale. I thought, um, uh, my chick came downstairs. She like she gave it a go for like ten minutes at a piece. <laughs> it just wasn't for her. But at the very end, she goes, "Oh, that's some amazing drone footage." At the <laughs> end, when it's like going all over California yeah. and everywhere, yeah. and I'm like. This really is a. This is not a drone. Like this is a helicopter or yeah. something. Like it was a plane in, or something. It yeah. was in, incredible footage. At the very end, you could see the uh, the feet, not the feet, whatever they're called, the runners on the helicopter. Oh, really? In the frame on, on I, you know what? I feel bad for not knowing. The, the thing that uh, that uh, uh, Ethan Hunt always hangs off. Yes, that's exactly. What I call them. Yeah, I yeah. think you know. I used to know what it was when I built the GI Joe vehicles, yeah. but that's about that's that's gone runners? from my brain. Are they runners? Sure, let's that go with right. that. Somebody out there is just going to yeah, be really yeah, upset yeah, with yeah, all aviators of us. in the chat. We'll figure it out. No, there's no chat, dummy. Oh, right. We're not on the fucking. Right. We're not live. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the you could see them in the edge of the frame yeah. at, in the very last shot over California. But it was incredible. Yeah, like that, the the lengths they went to to get those shots was was just something else. I wish I would have seen this movie before I had seen a lot of other movies. I okay. think that's the way I can put it. Westerns and other epics and it's just the magnitude of it. You just have so much respect because I hate I, I hate to keep I, I don't want to compare this to Endgame. But the scene <laughs> in Endgame where Thanos is fighting it, it, that's such a big epic moment in those movies and you're like this is probably five people in front of a green in screen. In front of a screen. Yeah. Right? There's no real light touching real things. No. And they they, they had Indians stampeding hurt those are real people on horses, and there's a big fucking herd of buffalo in front of them, and it's just—I don't know. It, it was—it um, was great. It, it was really good. I don't know that I'll watch it again. I would watch it in pieces, like if it was on. Yeah, it's never on. Like I have never fucking seen this movie on no. cable anywhere, which is intriguing. It does feel like one of those ones that 
I guess, well, maybe every once in a while, Turner Classic Movies will, will drop it somewhere. Okay. But it, it, that's pretty much the only place I would think of because it's so long. And it's old. And the aspect, you know, the, the way that it looks, it might be yeah. hard to like, yeah. get that on a broadcast. Well, but if you got a big 70-inch TV, man, it's it looks really good on there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you if you can get, like, the digital rental of it or something like that, it's it's incredible. I'd like to get, like, a nice 4K edition of this thing and maybe just sit down. and. There's got to be a Blu-ray at least. Oh, just, at least. Just have it on the shelf. Um, it's but also go. It's not a movie like everyone. Oh, the Sons of Katie Elder. Oh, you know, uh, hang them high. Like there's this list of fucking westerns that everybody always spit. Make you know the Magnificent mm-hmm. Seven. I never hear this movie. Nobody ever says anything about this movie. I, I think some of that might be that it's almost sort of a uh, mass appeal western. It doesn't okay. have that core that a lot of westerns do, where you've got you know your valiant protagonist and your clearly evil villain. It's like you said, it's a character study. It's sure. a it's a look at these three generations. It's almost soap opera ish in some respects. Bit. There's and there's, the musical aspect. It's kind of got yeah. a theater version, like this feel for it. And what it said in the credits, it was based on a series of articles that appeared in Life magazine. I think uh, that were about that's kind of cool. The westward expansion, and so they kind of had that dramatized aspect of things that happened in real life. So I, it, it's also just it's a lot to take in it's so an enormous amount this is a commitment to sit down and watch so yeah checking it out in chapters yeah. would almost be kind of you know you watch it over the course of a week because i think there's five breaks or four breaks between the five chapters it's 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 very enjoyable yeah. from start to finish i watched it in one night and I, i'm glad i did but i agree with you i think you could have st- there's parts in it where you can stop i mean i can't give it anything less it's a four i, I can't give it anything less than a four i can't go any higher than a four because there is something in it that is lacking, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's it, Goat. It's At the end, we do get bad guy having a showdown with good guy, but it's that's not what this movie's about, and I'm an idiot. That's what I look for in <laughs> Westerns. But it's so big, and the cast is so great. And there's so many people in this movie that pop up, and you're like, well, I recognize him. And then you Google it, and you're like, holy shit, that's who that is. Yeah. And, like, I had that I had that moment with Lee J. Cobb. I didn't, I didn't recommend him. Uh, uh, excuse me. Um, recognize him for a second. And then when I realized who it was, I'm like, oh, shit. Um, there's a lot of those moments. Uh, the, the the singing and dancing is not my thing, but it was really well done. Like there's one scene where they're dancing in front of a bunch of guys in like a casino in front of Gregory Peck at yes. his little table. Yeah, really incredible dance scene. Um, I like good looking women. There's a lot of real just beautiful <laughs> women in this movie, and a lot of fun actors. It's if it's a four, I give it a four. I think the the singing and dancing works in the framework of the movie yeah. too. It doesn't feel out of place. The songs are taking place on a stage or around a campfire or, you know, in a sequence where people would be singing. Where it might actually happen. Yeah. So as opposed to being a way to just move the story along. So I think I can look past that, especially because, I mean, I just, Debbie Reynolds is a gem. I don't think she's that's a, an, she's amazing. Yeah, I don't think that's an overstatement. I felt bad. I felt bad for the woman that she was paired with because it was so she's so strikingly beautiful. Like there's this scene where she's trying to head out west and she's gonna go by herself mm-hmm. and she's dressed up and she's got all of her makeup on. I'm like, God damn! Like I wouldn't be able to talk to that woman. <laughs> yeah. She's so gorgeous. It's incredible. And they have this like comedic foil of this older lady that's trying. She's like, I'm gonna keep you around because you're gonna land me a man. Yeah, she's like, I don't care who it is as long as it's a man. But yeah. like that that woman was older and she wasn't unattractive, but like. It was even more stark when they're standing next to each other, so that that part made me feel strange. Well, you know, and anybody who gets to fend off the advances of the Music Man is uh, oh. clearly a good-looking individual. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I know that that's unfair to Robert Preston. He's done so much more, but 
clearly that's his. He uh, was so gross in that movie. He was. Man. He kept saying gross things. <laughs> was it? Did he say? Was See, it? Them hips are wide enough. You'll yeah. birth women no fucking problem. Get the fuck out of here, bro. Who, who was it that said? I I just wrote down this quote and I don't remember who was it said it. Uh, Wet or dry, you're the handsomest woman I ever did see. What and I just went shit? Wow. That just came out of a speaker on my television. Yeah, I have no idea what's happening. You know, they did, you know they did a good job, too? I thought they did a great job with the, the Native Americans. I, I don't think they, there's a lot of movies during that time where mm -hmm. they're just white dudes painted up red. They're caricatures. It's yeah. like kind of gross to watch now. Um, but like when they're going back and forth, like trying to debate, hey, we can't move this fucking railroad. I felt like they really did a good job of like the negotiation yeah. scene was really, really strong. I felt like it was it, none of it was a caricature, which is interesting because at that point in time there are other aspects of the movie that are full-on caricature oh, sure almost to a cartoonish degree but they're listening to the vibrating fucking post yeah. but when the, the the image of there is a fucking war band of of indians up on a range and they're about to ride down on top of us that's like one of my favorite tropes in all the westerns because you could just feel the terror they're like they're not going to spare any of us and we got to circle the wagons and they did that really well in this movie too yeah oh, and they stampede the buffalo through I'm like <laughs> yeah. fuck you like we didn't even have to fire a shot exactly like, yeah, fuck yeah fuck like, could stay at the top of this hill and watch all this happen <laughs> good great. good luck to you it's like sending your animal buddy in far cry you just like i'm good over here yeah it's like but um look at the bear i would say it's uh it's easily a four for me yeah yeah the, just the the technical achievement alone is the three and a half the content yeah, exactly. is that extra half it's just i could sit and look if somebody did a super cut of just the panning vistas yeah. in cinerama I, I'd sit and watch that most likely. So, yeah, this is an easy four for me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if this was like single camera shoot, there's still enough to really, I think, have a good time with it and appreciate with, with the actors, with the, just, with the way that it looks. I mean, just colors and everything. Um, and just, you know, telling different stories in different parts of, you know, this, this time in history. But because of the way that it is made and the way that it looks, it's it's got to be a four for that reason because there's I think there's a lot of rewatch value there where you can just – you can sit there and just absorb what you're seeing yeah. on the screen and just be like like impressed and um and occupied by that just by by image alone and i think it's that's that's really fucking important when yeah. you're making a movie and that doesn't often happen and and that's not essential to making a good movie but i just think that if you can do it it's it's just as you know important or um as impactful as as writing a compelling story yeah it doesn't have that cohesive epic feel that something like the Ten Commandments does. Yeah. But it still has an epic God. feel. Like I might watch Ten Commandments tonight. I love that fucking movie that's, so much. Let's talk about a commitment. It is, but it, I love the fact that it's on for four hours. That's why I love watching it on network TV because <laughs> I love that it's the whole fucking evening and I'm getting all ginned up. It's great. Um, I'm so glad you guys liked that movie. Yeah. I, I, it was so long and I'm like, I know these guys will enjoy this in some way, but... Well, I'm glad it wasn't a drag. I mean, we're both relatively suckers for classic cinema as well. I think so you're right. that was that was also a plus. Well, you don't have to worry about it this time around because Daddy's going to make us watch some sort of child snuff film, fucking horseshit Japanese oh. adaptation. Wait, really? That'll be great for everybody. Oh, um, there's a lot of goaltending before we started the show. When I was, <laughs> oh, hey, you were asking well, no, for like my opinion, God damn it! Throwing out ideas. Oh. Just, well, I, I really the, the question was, hey, have you seen this? And it I, turned I, into it was else. the worst. Each one was worse to the next. I'm like, I don't want to watch that. Oh my God, I want to watch that one even less um so we'll see all right that was mine uh, we got to get to dotty's uh before we do that uh how do we want to break this down i think we should do book and then two movies since the book was my pick too okay are yeah, you guys cool works. with that yeah, i'm sure. on board and also i would love 
to do this book for the movie club as well. But I realize that means that I have asked you guys to read two books in a row, and I don't want to put you through <laughs> that. So I will not take any offense. Are there any reservations about doing that again? I mean, I I have, I've got a copy of it in my home right now, so yes. we're already halfway I there. Have a copy. Are you I, have, okay? I have no qualms with that. Yeah. Okay. Long now, enough. not in the, not in two weeks, but no, 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 no. Give me another month or so. As long yeah. as you guys want, but yeah. I, I'm enjoying that book. Um, Daddy, well, let's let's announce your movie, yes, indeed. Please, uh, so we... uh, I'm staying in the '80s. Maniac Cop. My last pick was also in the '80s. This is a little earlier. Uh, the Burning from 1981, directed Wait, by Maniac Cop. Was your last pick? Yeah. Did we do that right before we did this? No, we did '71 right before this. Oh, we've been banging them out recently. Yeah, we actually, great. It's also way quicker when we cut out the person that normally sits in this chair. Now, now. <laughs> I said the person. I, I didn't name names. There's two of them. You know who you know who you're talking about. <laughs> I think I think life might be cutting them out pretty soon. Oh. <laughs> Uh, 1981's <laughs> The Burning is my next pick. Yo! You know how The Burning do. Directed by Tony <laughs> Malam. Yo, like, I'm going to spit on this hot fire because I'm The Burning. Yo, Wesley the Barber burned up this bit. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even think about that one. I didn't yeah, think about the, the possibility. I knew you want to talk one. about me running your mouth about The Burning. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm going to hear in my head throughout this whole movie. <laughs> that's that's the unfortunate part. That's now. true. Tubo out here in the streets running his lips about the burden. Yeah. I don't like it. Uh, this is a, a, a summer camp slasher, um, something that we're I all like that. rather familiar with. Um, an earlier one, so 81, that's uh, I think the same year as Friday the 13th. And um, it, it, it pops up if like oh, like like slashers that you may not they're not in like the big uh, the big four or five. They've or been overshadowed by yeah, exactly. Yeah. I by mean, the monolith. Yeah. I know we're all fans of Sleepaway Camp. A lot of times this comes up as like a you would also like, and uh, it's been on the list forever. I remember listening to a podcast where Chris Jericho and Eli Roth talk about this that movie. That sounds about right. And that you was referenced that interview time. a couple times. I think yeah. i got to check that out. It sounds like I, it was interesting. I, I really like when the two of them are, are together because they're both they're just both fucking geeks about it. Has and, Jericho uh, ever uh, fucked with Rob Zombie at all? That would be an interesting uh, duo know. right there. I'm not sure. I'll have to take a look and see. But yeah, I think Eli Roth's I mean, been on a few times. Rob Zombie as goes well. on Howard Stern, so I'm not sure. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. He's kind of at a different level. Yeah, I, I mean... mean you know, Jericho's had like Gene Simmons on, so he's had like people who can get on to you know. That's true. I get it, but Stern's I a different level than Chris yeah, Jericho. That's true. Chris Jericho couldn't get on Howard Stern. I mean, yeah, that's that's exactly. if we're being honest. And I love him too. <laughs> but I feel like Gene Simmons could get on Howard Stern. Though. Gene Simmons has been on Howard Stern yeah. many times. Yes, absolutely. There, there's one. I mean, oh, Jesus, this is a deep cut. It's the two of them, and then like an editor who, among other things, edited Halloween Two. Huh. And so he's got some more. So like, he's a fad boy like we are. He's got. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. yeah. So he's got yeah. some more like in the trenches, like stories. And then it's Jericho and Roth just kind of gushing. But it's it's a it's a really good listen. And, like and it. it's it's one of those where and I, I'm always flattered when people say they listen to this show with like pen and paper and they're just like scribbling titles down. Like, that's what I do when I listen to them on shows. OK. I'm just like they're naming stuff and I'm like, I've never heard of it. I'm just trying to like keep up. I do I that with that. Benny when Ron talks yeah. about music. I, okay. I, I've discovered so many yeah. great and movies. Heart Eight. I don't know if you guys have seen Heart Eight. Oh, my like, God. Heart Eight's incredible. I never heard of Heart Eight until Ron mentioned about, you know, eight years ago and then watched it. I'm like, how the fuck do I not know about this movie? Goat. I have not. I would be down oh, to talk about that next yeah. time, too. Heart Eight yeah. is the shit. I'm writing it down right now. I got another one without him. I'm going to throw at you. You ready? Yeah. Blood Simple. Ooh. Have you seen Blood Simple? 
Woo! Let's do all three of we those. Got show. We got a show. Yo, like, after you done talking about me, you can talk about anything you want because it's going to be like a step down, dog. Yeah. That'll yeah. be the, the show of debuts. That's a Coen Brothers debut and a PTA debut. You could do a lot worse. Yeah. Now, there are some notable names associated with the burning yeah. here as the writers. Yo! Is uh, one of them Joe's Joe's. <laughs> No, he's not credited, apparently, but I mean, you kind of have to give him everything at that Ripping point. Ripping my shit off, I gotta go back in the lab. And one of them uh, is uh, Brad Gray, who I assume Holy is shit. the- shit. Yeah, and uh, another one is- The Jimmy John spokesman. Uh, Harvey Weinstein. Good boy. Well, we're all yeah. big fans of his. <laughs> so, you know, this could be, could go either way. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I like a nice slasher movie. And Dots, I got to tell the two, he did introduce me to Sleepaway Camp, which fucked me up for a good long while. So. It was uh, it was quite an evening. Was a great, and a, quite ooh, a following great, week. Oh. Great night for me. Yeah. I generally like seeing cranks, too. And that was not... Uh, I shouldn't <laughs> That is an interesting statement to make, but yeah, all right. Sure. Nobody's ever saw it. I believe... That, did I get you a cameo with the chick with the crank at one point? You got me a, a TV... Uh, no, a t- oh, it was a little a, button. A, a t-shirt a, and yeah, a button. Yeah, I think little, I have the button somewhere on, on my bed. Yeah, that's what I think it is. I wear that t-shirt around the house sometimes. <laughs> I don't normally wear it out. Oh, come <laughs> on. Stop being such a square. I shouldn't have looked at the IMDb cast listing. I should have let them be surprises. Oh, don't tell us. So that. I'm not going to say us. anything. I'm yeah. Steamed. Steamed. Uh, this is available on Amazon Prime, Paramount Plus, and Tubi TV. Dude, I'm, so accessible I'm, to the whole listing audience. I'm not that I'm not excited for that, but I am. Uh, may I? Of course. Butt-sized to talk about Blood Simple and Heart 8 as well. Oh, yeah. Those are, I, those are been, good movies. It's been a Excellent. long time for me on both of those. Oh, dude, Goat. I can't wait for I'm you to watch I'm excited for Goat to see him, too. I appreciate this. As, yeah, yeah. As a, a lot of these movies that you guys have seen, if not a bajillion times, at least enough times to know them well. Yes. And that have unfortunately been blind spots for me for a while. You're going to watch Heart 8 and be like, how the fuck have I not Well, not just that. How this isn't this movie... You know, discuss like Fargo or fucking Rounders and all these other movies that we fucking endlessly talk about. Like, it should be sitting on the shelf with those. Okay. Um, I'd like to apologize. So, um, (laughs) I I bought this book because some ladies opened up a store in Kentucky that is... uh, Sometimes I go one of two ways. When someone does something that I wish I would have done, I either get resentful or I like to try to support it kind of as a hat tip. Yeah, and uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. You've yeah. seen me go both ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm faulting you for it. Thank you. Uh, Butcher Cabin Books in uh, Louisville, Kentucky is a murder bookstore. It's a not, not uh, it's a fictional. It's a horror bookstore. Horror, yeah. Specializes in horror fiction. It's a great fucking idea. Um, I read an article about it, and then I checked it out online, and all of their books are on sale there. And so I, I wanted to just support the store. So on a whim, I saw a book about uh, horrible things happening under the water, which is also uh, Sphere, a Michael Crichton book that I enjoyed very much. It sounded similar. So I bought five copies of this book. I handed them out to everybody on the show, and I said, you must read this, um, which sounds a lot like homework. So again, I'd like to apologize for that. Reading, more enjoyable homework than writing, just for the record. Okay. I want to put that out well, there. Well, you've been put through the ringer a couple times over the past few weeks, <laughs> Goats. Uh, it is a book book, which um, I can't tell you how much I, more I enjoy reading. I don't, maybe that's because we're old. Do you think anybody that's 18 would rather read a book like this or just on their phone? I think it's honest. more likely on the phone. You think? Oh, I thought you were going to go between like fiction or nonfiction. No, the physical book in your oh, hand yeah, yeah, versus yeah. the digital copy. I can't. Oh, even... I, yeah, I can't do. It. It's so easy to just get distracted because then if you're looking at the screen, dude, you're getting you're getting text on that. Uh, same that's screen, a great point. Right? Mm. You're it's it's buzzing. It's you're getting. It, it, 
nothing is coming out of these pages besides the word that you're reading if yeah. you're reading a book. I tend to go back and forth because I do appreciate the convenience of the iPad. Sure. I don't like doing it on the phone. Like that's just a weird experience. My wife reads all of her books on her phone. Yeah, but no, I it have looks miserable. But I have a you know, a medium sized iPad that's about the size of a hardcover right. book and I specifically bought it. At that size for that reason. In planes. I think on planes that makes a lot of yeah. sense. And in any low light situation. Sure, as, sure. as age takes uh, well, hold of your eyesight, you're going to be really excited about having a backlit book. I bust your you. balls for that, but I've recently it begun starts, experiencing that. I squint at that screen so much when I'm editing up shit. You're in the pocket right now, yeah, sir. Five <laughs> by five. Um, so I picked this book kind of at random. Uh, Nick Cutter has written a bunch of uh, bestsellers. This the book was called uh, The Deep, and basically the plot of it is there is this horrible play called The Gets. We actually don't hear a lot about it. It's kind of I thought it'd be more of a um, kind of a contributor, at least a backdrop. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they get right to it in this, and they they find this substance called ambrosia, which they think is going to lead to a cure to this horrible disease called the Gets, which causes you to uh, lose your memory, and not in a in a really horrible way, like you eventually lose the ability to remember how to breathe yeah um, yeah it's and, like starting with like forgetting your birthday and then eventually you forget how to like operate as a, a, a human body yeah you can't drive and then you're and it's kind of ripped from the headlines a little bit yeah. you know we went through this pandemic where we didn't know what was going on and then like in alzheimer's it's like the shit that people deal with um i usually like undersea adventure type of deals i love the abyss mm -hmm. one of my favorite movies this is one of the grim, and I there's a quote on the back that actually I should have fucking read before I bought this book, and it's from Publishers Weekly. Fans of unflinching bleakness and all-out <laughs> horror will love this novel. Each new shock is freshly disturbing. Ding, 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 Dotson. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh? <laughs> on the cover, there's a Clive Barker endorsement. I believe there's a Stephen King endorsement somewhere in here. There's you, a, love, you love Clive Barker properties, right? Fucking hate everything he's <laughs> ever done. There's a very, very, apparently a very noteworthy Stephen King endorsement that uh, a lot of people were led to this book by. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was, I think he posted on social media about it and basically was very, very vehement in his uh, recommendation of this of this novel. Um, I... I that's not. Oh, here it is. Yes. Oh, he likes all of his books because he has quotes from Stephen King about, I guess, his past three novels here in the in the very front. Um, I did not enjoy this book. Um, whenever I finish a book, I feel good about it. Uh, there were parts in this book that I thought were really well written. There, Agreed. There, yeah. there are some scenes where he's writing about. Nothing happens in this book. So there, there's there's scenes where horrible things are happening. Basically, everything is going on in this this guy's mind. All he's or down there until the, is it right? Um. But really, really, the, the the first one I brought up actually on the show where he's talking about the giant millipede. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> that's like almost, that's like a, like 60 pages in. It was really well written. And then he also, it goes to something that happened in real life with a giant millipede. With his, his baby. his baby. Yeah. I just thought it was like, God damn, this is a really well written, horrific scene. So I don't want to disrespect this dude. He can write and he can write hard. But what I would say to him is what I would say to anybody. He, he feels to me... Like an 18-year-old that thinks he knows what to do with a girl the first time one actually lets them get into bed, where you have no fucking idea. And you need to listen, and you need to have experience, and you need to... It's just grim, and then more grim, and then more grim. And if you think something awful is going to happen to a character, you don't even know how awful it's going to be. And as soon as he introduced the dog, I'm like, he's going to kill this Here dog in a horrible way. And like that's a deal-breaker for me, but it's a book, and I, I may, asked you guys to read it. So I, I was going to throw it out after... That whole thing happened. Um, I did not enjoy it, and it's a bummer because 
it's well written, I think. And, um, you know, there was a lot of potential there. I think the setup's great. I think the world building was actually really solid. But, bro, you got to throw a couple of jokes in. You got to fucking put on like an episode I Love Lucy in the background or something. It can't just all be tentacles and disgusting fucking claustrophobia and demons and holes. It's just, it was just awful. Um, I hate it. I hate everyone. Um, <laughs> I don't know. What did you think of? I think there were definitely great parts about it. I think the structure of it worked for me. I enjoy a an explanatory flashback. I enjoyed. I really enjoyed the part where he finally sat down and read the one crazy doctor's that was wild. Uh, journal, and the fact that it was set in like a handwriting font. I feel like that that kind of worked for me in a big way. That was pretty long. It was probably the most engrossing part of the book for me because it was where something was happening. There was a lot of I remember how ter- remembered how terrible his mother was or his mother's voice the mom was inside was so gross. or he had this uh, toy chest that was actually sentient and was the demon that was the same demon in the pipe that we all saw that clearly isn't Pennywise but maybe is but we don't know and there there's just a lot of there was a lot of that where it was almost felt like stalling, but overall, I was really invested in, I'd say, the first half to two-thirds of the book. Yeah, I'd agree. When you got to the final third of the book and it just became – one of the things reading the Lord of the Rings books – there are pages of describing the slope of the hillside and the grass growing in this manner and the one little trail that went through and you could see it over the crest of the hill and you're like, okay, get on with it. Do they go down that road? Then stop telling me about it. I don't care about that road. What I don't care about is knowing every detail of every hexagon of the giant beehive that's been built and what body parts are hanging from which quadrant. And it's just the the in-depth description that almost was so in detail that you got lost. Like, what's, what's happening? Is he seeing this? Is he really seeing this? Is it not even happening? Is he imagining the whole thing? Because now the ceiling of the room that he's in is twice as high as it used to be, and now it's collapsing in on him, and the room over here killed this doctor that he was talking to that was about to give up a secret, but what? Like I, I, I couldn't a hundred percent differentiate between what he was imagining and what was really happening, and in the end, apparently it was all really no, happening. None of it mattered either. At but the exactly, end because everyone's you know. Spoiler alert: nobody makes it. Although you know, we still well, don't know what happened at the end, and that's that's another part that's a cop out to me. That was the end of the Sopranos. It's like okay, I have to decide what comes out of the fucking submarine and jumps back up onto the platform. It's funny you say that. I've always thought that. We definitely like know how that TV. I mean, just like that particular instance. Like, I feel like we we know how that show ends. They just decided not to show like the final moment. Well, I think David Chase has confirmed that fucking Tony gets whacked out yeah. in that moment. But there was several years where the the, the narrative was, well, you just you have to it's decide. Up to you. For, I hate that you have to decide. No, bro, I spent seventeen dollars to read your story, not mine. <laughs> you fuck. Yeah, that's fair. You fuck Nick Cutter. Kill that fucking dog. And kill the dog way worse than any fucking human well, being. And not actually even kill it. Oh, I just wanted and, to and fucking make, spit in his face. And make a great point of explicitly letting you know, well, it would have been nicer if the dog had actually died. Unfortunately, it just went through the hole to live in Goo Town and he's maybe turn into... Yeah. He's not a dog guy either, because the way the dog... It, it just He didn't do a good job with that. I fucking... It made me so sad. 
I think that's really what it is. That the end of the book just kind of made me, yeah, it's a bummer. I'm like, I just spent 300, 400 pages to just be bummed out at the end of this fucking thing. That's what I'm looking for. And why did this all happen? Aliens. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe aliens. Do do we even know? A a tall, skinny dude and a short, fat dude. It was two guys from the Nintendo ice hockey team that came out and caused all this problem. We we got eight pages of explanation as to who those guys are. Then it's like, okay, now what? We were bored. So you want to take the kid with you, and the kid goes in the, huh? I, I just didn't. There was. I feel like he had an idea, and he had a concept, and he's like, I don't know how to end this fucking thing, and so it's like, all right, here's ten pages of shit. You figure it out. That's what it felt like at the end of this book to me. I was hoping I, for a colony of super bees to be the reason that the whole the thing way, happened. Gives a, the bees ended up being anything? Were the bees anything? And they're just down there in the in the station. They're just now. down there. That whole weird scene where he's giving birth to the bees and yeah. like fucking, it's like, okay, what did that mean? Nothing. And the hand that was sentient that could go punch the keypad and got Al to come down the hall. Was and that there? Get consumed by the beehive. Did you like this, Dotson? Yeah, you guys are a bunch of prudes. Um, <laughs> I know, fucking knew it. I'm I, actually happy somebody how, liked it. Yeah, how does that make me a prude, though? You I fucking prude, go. Come on, give up no, the No, I didn't fucking. like... I, it was it was dwelling on things that it didn't need to dwell but on. But also, you use Tolkien as like an, another example of like what, is, what you think is bad. Like, come on, dude. He's like, a nerd. Goat's a nerd. You, but you, so you were saying, you were saying like the, he he goes on and on the same way that Tolkien does, and like you get tired of that. Like you get tired of like all that type of detail and like I, the I, way that they're really like painting a picture. On it the can pages. become tedious. Okay, I all right, all right, I get it, I get it. I thought you were saying like, oh, it's bad when authors do. No, this. no, no. Okay, I'd say you. like, there's a fine line between setting the scene sure. and you know giving me the height of and each like, blade of grass. A beautiful, like, beautiful scenescape versus you know just absolute terror is also two very different things when you're talking true. about like descriptors and stuff like that. Um, I have not read a ton of fiction in a really long time. Okay, I, I like you know it's like biographies or like something that's like history or 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 or, you know or whatever um the only fiction that i have really read in the last couple of years has been lovecraft Hmm. and so this well this is yeah directly in like pretty much all that really as far as like storytelling goes it's like all that i've been reading so i mean this was just like oh like this is all the lovecraft stories you know take place in the 1800s turn of the century this takes place in presumably modern times and i'm getting I'm getting that, you know, that type of writing and that type Absolutely. of yeah, type I can of see that. like just like like terror honestly um in, in you know using new descriptors and and new language as well like mm-hmm. modern language. That's the hardest thing about his his work is that sometimes like I'm just stuck on a page cuz I'm trying to figure out like what the fuck he's saying. Um but it's it's also good to challenge yourself. Anyways, yeah, this this lines up exactly with like what of what I have been enjoying in, okay. in fiction in fiction. So you novels. you were like ready for this you had been kind of like yeah well one, a couple pretty pretty soon into it i'm like okay i kind of get i see where this, this is, is not going to be just like there's a sea monster down here right this is gonna get real fucked up real quick almost like, cosmic like yeah like yeah. yeah exactly like and the word like throwing the word cosmic around i think like people just kind of do that without <laughs> really getting it or even just saying like oh this is lovecraftian i'm like like you sound like an asshole when you say <laughs> yep. that right um which is why i'm not doing that you sure do but I, I do, you know, that, that that is what I'm into, and I, I like something that kind of ends with, well, there's just something out there that, like, you can't even really comprehend, and, like, that's supposed to be, like, what's scary about it. Yeah. It's like, you can't even fathom exactly what you're supposed to be seeing, and that's how a lot of, like, his work ends as well. Um, 
I think like really it's like that type of storytelling in modern language is really what what I liked most about it because previously I've just been reading yeah it's like like you know Rhode Island speak from from 1895 or something fair, like fair. that. Fair, fair. I th- I think for me the the Lovecraft angle though the payoff is usually either I don't know whether that really happened or if I'm just going insane yeah. or you're witnessing an indescribable, mind-bending, cosmic-level yeah. horror that breaks you on the inside. Not, you know, Laurel and Hardy stepping out of the muck going like, hey, hey, we screwed up the world. It was the I reveal, totally that, I think, yeah. that bummed me out. Yeah, Probably guess, that was the big rug out from under me. And, you know, most of that stuff, most of the Lovecraft stuff is short stories. So, like, it's a lot... I, I think it is it is less impactful if a story ends that way and you've only read, you know, 45 pages mm-hmm. start to finish, right? Like... This is how much? What is this My like? Bad, bro. It's like 300, 350 That's how much he did. Like that? eighty-four is it? Just end, under four hundred. Yeah. yeah, there's a little teaser for his next. Book I mean, it took all of us several weeks to get through, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Like, and it's I'm like I'm not picking. I didn't pick it up every day of the month, right? But it, it does take more time. There's more invested in it, and when you do put that much time into it, and that's you know the conclusion of. Laurel and Hardy's pretty yeah. funny. By the way. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, I, I I I totally get um, being frustrated by that i guess just because like i'm used to just much shorter bursts yeah. lately that i didn't feel as much of as much of an impact because okay. i'm often not dedicating that much time to one story yeah and part of that's like uh an attention it's not an attention span thing i'm normally drunk okay that's normally why i can't it's like, <laughs> <laughs> well fair enough a lot of times when i was I... gonna just come up with the most bullshit excuse i'm normally a, a drunk or on something so like i just don't have the time <laughs> okay all right fair enough I, uh, There were some great set pieces in the book. That's the thing. I I think there were parts of it that really engaged engaged me, and I I was enthralled in a lot of ways. I think my complaint is just the end story structure and how it all kind of came to a not-quite-conclusion. I think you need to let off the accelerator. I think you can't have a movie that is action for 90 straight minutes. Even if you watch Crank or Hardcore Harry or any of these movies that are supposed to be balls to the wall, there are times where you can catch your breath. And I think that if you're taking a Peloton class, like I do, I don't know if you guys have heard this. Mm, I'd heard a rumor. There's something called active recovery because you can't just sit there and fucking crank up the intensity the entire time (laughs) or people are going to quit. And I think that goes for any of these fucking movies is that you have to have some breaths of fresh air. You need a power ballad in the set somewhere. That's exactly right. So you got to go play. You got to go piss. The the, the dead are going to do drums. And so, okay, I'm going to go eat (laughs) mushrooms and I'm going to go take a dump. Fucking, there's none of that in this movie. He just wants to keep hammering you. It's like, oh, here's another awful, disgusting thing that happens. Oh, here's a mom raping her son. It's like, on top of all of this, we have the big, fa- the mom's got to be 700 you know, pounds. That was tough. Oh, by the and way. By the way, completely unnecessary, here's in my an opinion. Angry, here's an angry gerbil that's going to chew the groin out of another gerbil. This is awful. Like, just disgusting for no reason. That, that didn't make me scared. I wasn't scared of that. I'm just like, gross. Again, it made me sad. Gross, I was bro. like, oh, that poor gerbil. Yeah. Kill. Why did this have to happen? Dottie's over there beating his meat when that shit I'm happens. Not He's like, I, I heard you beat your meat. I can't wait for Cthulhu to show up. <laughs> when your toothy shows up, I'm gonna beat my meat again. I, I did feel yeah! it, <laughs> there, there, there was there was a moment. I was reading this on the train, and I looked around almost like like no one knows what you're reading, right? Mm-hmm. But it was almost like like if you're watching something on your laptop and you kind of look around like, oh, has anyone seen this? Like I felt that for a moment because some of the <laughs> some of the stuff was so graphic. I still felt like under the microscope, oh, like, mildly oh, ashamed. I don't yeah. want anyone to see see this. Uh, I it worked for me, man. Uh, I got to be honest with you. I think it, the troop is his other uh, not, Big not one. a bestseller, but yeah, his his other yeah. popular book. I'm I'm gonna read that too. 
after I've heard it's better. Than, Enjoy. Um, I've I've heard I've heard it's better than this one. This was kind of like the again the first album theory that we that we've talked about a few times where your first album is sure. the one you've been building up to and the second one is kind of like hey. well there's little heaven uh there's the deep there's the troop and then at the very end of this fucking book there is 10 pages of something called oh little heaven uh which i did not read after i was done with this i was like no i have no I desire sa- save that to see anything else that yes, you, hey, you should be happy man I, this book was not on my radar at all i had never heard of nick cutter and and i'm not normally looking for new novels to read and you slid it across the table to me, and I, I got something really good out of it. I am very happy that both of you seem to like it more than I did, because it's not a small ask. Like Ultimately, if you guys ask me to watch a movie I don't like, it's an hour and a half to two hours of my life that I, it's, I'm fine so with sacrificing. So be it, yeah. This is a big ask. And <laughs> I, if we're being honest, I was ready to motherfuck you, too. I'm like, a book? We're doing a book? Dude, I was, <laughs> I was 60 pages into it, and I'm like... Reading. I remember I turned over to my wife, and I'm like, these guys, are they're never going to speak to me ever again after they're done with this fucking thing. So I was getting nervous as the page count was dwindling and we had had no big reveal yet and i was like oh we're not going to get any sort of epilogue we're not going to get any sort of aftermath it's just going to be and that's the end think about when ripley realizes she's got to blow the ship and she goes to like fucking set the things and then goes back think about how much more tension there is i I know that's alien right that's but that's a master class but but that's good that's good this is not good i think it's good (laughs) I do have friends that I would recommend this to. I wouldn't recommend who pets you don't want to and know, fucking dog abusers. That's who it is. I would not recommend this to my mother. Good, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, what did you give it, Dotson? I've never scored a book before. Um, I, I don't know four. I, I really liked it. I'd probably it, if I if I had a couple I, if a couple years went by and I needed a book for a trip or something, I would pull this back off my shelf. I'm glad that I have it now. Good that I can revisit I'm glad it. Glad I could give you I a book to. that you enjoyed. I don't know if that's fair to just for the first time ever scoring something a four, but I, I don't know what I would call a, I don't know what I would call a five. Like, I don't know, Lord of the Rings. I was about to say, I don't know that I have a book that's a five. What's a two and a half? Something that I have Jurassic Park is a five. Yeah. Okay. I read Jurassic Park back to back seven times in my life. Well, that five, five for definitely me. qualifies as a five, well, I would say, yeah. You're like, you're like a Michael Crichton head, right? Like, you've, yeah, read, you've read it all. Because I read everything I've, he's ever written. I've like sent movies to you before and you've said, do you know this is a Michael Crichton book? Yeah. Uh, what's the, uh, well, Westworld. Um, Westworld's a Michael Crichton book. What's the fucking, 13th what's, Warrior. What's the Butterfly Dinosaur movie? It's the worst movie ever oh, made. Oh, God. Kevin, um, Kevin, what is it? They step on a butterfly and everything. I, I, gets I know. Up. Hold on. I know exactly what you're butterfly talking about. Butterfly dinosaur. It's movie. so bad. Ben it's, Kingsley's. In it's it. like the ugliest movie yeah, I've ever you seen. You can't Hang believe Michael they even attempted to make Crichton. the movie. Something paradox. It's something paradox. The butterfly paradox. I just almost googled Michael Crichton dinosaur movie. Oh my god. Wow. Yeah, I, I wonder what would some, come. Do you think I anything would imagine. come up for that? They have any success? Zero results on Google. Um. Yeah. He. Uh, a sound of thunder. That's it. That's, I don't think he wrote. The, I don't think that's. I thought it was. No, it's not written by him. It was might that have like been, a produced. I don't or know. Michael Crichton presents. Not this he might was be. Two thousand five. His name might be like somewhere on the box for some. Stu- oh, the terminal. Oh, wait, have you on. read the Terminal Man? No. Read that shit. That shit is fucking brutal. All right, I'm wrong. This was Bradbury. Oh, there you go. Um, but but I, I I've never read Sphere, but I've seen Sphere. Great. Like, well, I, the 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 movie's horrific, and the the book is excellent. Okay. Oh, uh, the Andromeda Strain. Have you read that? No, no, I've seen that movie though. I guess I've seen a lot of the adaptations. The book's way better. I'm one of those guys now. <laughs> so I mean, I don't Wait, know. Does that mean we have to stop doing the podcast? Well, I don't know about you guys, but like, 
<laughs> I if if there's a, a movie adaptation of a book, I do like reading the book after because it's normally like an expansion, it's like, like deleted scenes. Like yeah, like exactly. Yeah. Like reading The Godfather after watching those movies, it's you just get so much more of each character. Yeah, like you get so much more of like Sonny, and it's it's awesome. I I, I really like like when that I've happens. gone in that order as well. Yeah, I, I think it does expand the the experience a little bit. Jaws the movie better than Jaws the book. Okay, fair. The Shining the movie better than The Shining the book. Agreed. IMO, IMH. Although I would say it is way better as a book than as a miniseries or a movie. Honestly, Carrie, I could go either way. But the way that I never she, read Carrie, the way that she kills her mom in the book is different than the movie, and it's I think the best Stephen King I have ever read. Wow, my biggest problem. I really fucking like Carrie. The, the book. Uh, most people that have read the Jaws book, um, in the book, uh, uh, Hooper has an affair with Martin Brody's wife. And oh. it really, really takes away, I think, from both characters. The camaraderie is just sort of... Some, like, real love scenes He in lets there him die what? at the end of the fucking oh, book. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so it's like, you know, it's not... Those two paddling in at the end of the fuck, that's about as good as it gets. It's, like, <laughs> it's perfect movie making. It's like, you... You fucked this all up in this horrible book. Like, of course, Steven Spielberg got this right. <laughs> well, yeah, because that's, that's Peter Spielberg. Benchley, lick my ass. That's Spielberg going, hey, I know how to tell a story better than you. Yeah, yeah, he does. yeah wait a second. He does. He does. And Kubrick better knows than better than fucking Stephen King how to make a movie. It's so like yeah. threw him right off the goddamn set. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, this. Oh, uh, we all should rank it. I'm sorry, I, I would say, based on the strength of the first two thirds of it. Yeah. I would give it a three. I'm really I, glad to hear that. I, I'd say I can't really recommend it to anyone over some other books that I would probably think about first, but I wouldn't. I'd say I, there might be some people who I wouldn't tell to steer clear of it. Okay. I would say just be ready. You know, it really invest yourself in the first two thirds and don't think about the pandemic at all. Uh, Publishers Weekly said fans of unflinching bleakness and all-out horror it's, will love this novel. It's very claustrophobic. I, I really do think that is a spot-on yeah. review. They did a great I, job. I think if you're if you're prone to claustrophobia, there's one. Scene. It might not be. It well, might not be for I'm you. Update my Instagram bio. It's going to say that prone to claustrophobia. <laughs> fans of oh, unflinching yeah. bleakness. Fan of unflinching bleakness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fans living in unflinching bleakness. <laughs> the part where they're wriggling through that chamber to get to the fucking. Like if there's anything that goes wrong, you gotta wriggle your way through a chamber. Oh. Which you get, like why would you build a station the, like this, why? you morons? That's, I think we yeah. both had that thought. Yeah. Like, who the fuck would build a station like this? If that was the you just put that in there to get claustrophobic people fucked up about it, <laughs> and it worked. It was it was horrible. Uh, I give it a two. It's a two. I'm glad I read it because I read a book, and um, there was some really really good horrific imagery inside yeah. this book but jesus christ is it long and bleak and awful and i kept hoping we get something back on the surface again because it was just too much uh in that stupid state and the guy when the guy dies the crazy guy at the end of the hallway it just it took 18 minutes it was like eight pages of him getting crushed to death oh and then it rolled over him like a steamroller and his eyes blew up again it's like the end of naked gun that's exactly what it was the marching band comes through I was going to say it was more like when, when Nordberg gets shot, he burns his hand on the fucking yeah. guy, and then he rolls out the window. Um, yeah, it's a two for me. But I really, really am happy you guys liked it more. This movie, uh, this movie, this book, um, I picked another book for the guys to read, which is not fair. Um, <laughs> bought this one also from a Butcher Camp. It's brand new. It's on the bestseller list as we speak. Uh, it's from a guy that wrote The Final Girl Support Group, which is a book I've actually heard about. Uh, his name's Grady Hendricks, and it's called How to Sell a Haunted House. And it made me laugh out loud twice in the first 20 pages. Oh, nice. But it's spooky. Uh, it's about a haunted house. And um, I was 
going back, it is exactly the opposite of what the deep is. So Dotson will probably hate it, sure. and I will probably like it. <laughs> and sense. I'll be right in the middle. Uh, a woman's uh, mother dies. Their parents were both killed unexpectedly, and she has to go back and uh, sort out the house, and she's got a dickhead brother, and um, the house is fucking haunted. And uh, the way they kind of reveal that, they get right to it and i've been enjoying it so if you'd like to read along order it from that bookstore like please amazon has enough money uh, it is a hardback right now so if you want to do the digital download bit i understand but uh how to sell a haunted house and i would like to say thank you both for uh agreeing to do another book certainly yes, thank know, you kind thank of you for uh, purchasing it's my pleasure i like to support the small businesses and if you guys will read them then i have no problem doing that okay uh you need to piss should we piss I could go for that. You want to do that. All right, Kevin Smith says he needs to piss as well. <laughs> and he's one of our two audience members, so we'll do that. Let's That's take fair. a piss break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about this is the first time anyone's ever said this. Good time and the fish that saved Pittsburgh. Yeah! <laughs> My God. Bathroom breaks kick ass. I jumped on so many ponytails. Oh, we're back. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> so funny. Behind the music. Hey. That that episode would never air. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. I like I like everybody still. Except for Eric. <clears throat> well, we're turning to Texas, son of a bitch. Oh. <sighs> he, he does that for years at an end. Uh, I, did you bring all the food, John? Oh, Kevin, John and Kevin both did. Okay. Thank you to uh, Asian John. Uh, Turkish John. What is it? Turkish John. Turkish John. All right. I like well, Turkish he has a picture John. of him in like a, a back alley fucking speakeasy in Istanbul, which I thought was pretty fucking cool. Nice. That's awesome. It is either wearing a show shirt or a store shirt. I appreciate that. Thanks to Istanbulish John and, of course, uh, <laughs> our Kevin Smith for for uh, bringing uh, some grub tonight. Uh, Goat, I saw you enjoying one of the, uh, the new Oreos that we had on the show. Oh, my goodness. What would you think? I enjoyed that greatly. I mean, that's 110 calories for one of them, yeah. so I took my time. But, uh, yeah, I'd say I would agree with the uh, the Five Brigade on that. Kind of angry that somebody brought peanuts so they didn't buy at Commonwealth Dry Goods up to the studio, but in the same uh, hand, these planters dry-roasted bold and savory peanuts are delish. So whoever did bring them, thank you, but please stop by my fucking store and buy a tin <laughs> of fucking peanuts. One last thing. There are three. Full size dual wick Christmas Yankee candles at 70% off at Commonwealth Dry Goods oh. right now. The fact that they're just fucking sitting there and they have been since the first of I still buy if I see Yankee candles on sale places, I buy them, even though I can order them at wholesale because they're Yankee candles. They burn great. 
I believe I snagged one the last you time did. I was there. I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling at the dirt. Well, I know. I'm, I'm just saying if the they're still mm. there, there's always a chance. Swing on by. Grab those bad boys. We'd like to clean that shelf off because we got a big event coming up in the near future that I am not ready to announce yet. Oh. Okay. Um, all right, boys. We did the book, and we did my book, my movie. We announced Dotson's movie. Would you like to start uh, wacky, or would you like to start uh, very intense? Let's. I'd like to start intense. Oh, I'd like to start wacky. All right. Oh, yeah? I mean, I have a lot to say about Good Time. I'm thinking of a number one through ten. Eight. Eight. What the fuck? <laughs> are you two Rochambeau? <laughs> oh. Three. We're doing three. or I don't, one, I don't know. Two, one, two, three, three shoot. Yeah. One, two, three. You guys. <laughs> All right. Let's for, just. For, for those, for those listening guys... at home, Goat and I just shot the same twice. <laughs> After you both said eight. Why would you both say eight? We're pals. You guys, um, guys got to fight or fuck. <laughs> How about this? We'll go wacky first. Oh, just really? Just because wacky. Dottie's a pal. Oh, thanks, bud. Well, that's very nice. I would not have done the same for oh, you. Oh, I just want to put that there. That's really fucking... Why would you... Why well, is, he, he's still mad about losing Rochambeau for the bean last time, uh, so... No, but I, I got out good. I, that I, is true. You I, got the dude, tasty bean. I retired after one. I'm never doing the another The point one. is, there was no reason for him to say it. He could have just taken his victory. I'm just trying to make everyone laugh. Go nose. Go the, nose. The fish that saved Pittsburgh, the 1979 comedy. It has no tomato meter score for critics, which is sad. Seventy one percent over one thousand ratings from the audience. Honestly, I don't know if you're watching this movie and you know what it is, how you couldn't give it a positive review. <laughs> uh it is an hour and forty four minutes. Um it is wacky in a way you can't be anymore. It is it it makes no sense. So there's a basketball team in Pittsburgh which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Julius Irving, Dr. J, is the protagonist in this film whose name is Moses, which I don't understand either because Moses Malone. A um, lot of fucking uh, fu Jonathan Winters is in this. In a dual role. If you know the uh, the Globetrotters, and, uh, there's there's all who else? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's in this movie. Mm -hmm. Metal Lark Lemon's in this movie. Um, it's uh, M. Emmett Walsh. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a wacky movie about a basketball team that decides... That they can't. It's Moneyball. If Moneyball was fun, that they they cannot. Holy shit! That's a great way to describe mm -hmm. this movie. If Moneyball was something anyone cared about, then it would be this movie. The, the team walks out because the 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 players and the head coach, who is played by Flip Wilson, yes, walk out after the first game. We see in the movie everybody except for Dr. J. How would you describe Flip Wilson's stand-up routine to someone that's under the age of 30? I mean, this is a man that would dress up as a woman and then come out and do... It's just, it's very different. There's a lot of 70s stuff in this oh, movie. Oh, absolutely. Um, that I don't know if you even could attempt to explain to anyone. No. Um, there's a kid who's way, is given way too much responsibility, and he decides that he's going to go, based on astrology, mm -hmm. go out and pick a team to play in the ABA or whatever this whatever this league is they don't ever really is. make that clear but yeah they have open tryouts because there is no team yep. and that opens the door for a cast of characters the wackadoo team oh my god it is such a ridiculous I love a good open tryout montage and this was oh my god my word they had <laughs> the set of twins that showed up the guy who was uh what is it on renegade 
You know that tarot? That, yeah, of yeah, course. The, the, the uh, Native American sidekick from oh, Renegade shows up, and he—he's—it's uh, just—it was so ridiculous the well, amount what? of people. Meadowlark Lemon in uh, in uh, Reverend's robes in church. You can't. He even the long flowing robes that a, that a Reverend would be wearing don't hide the fact that he's got a supernatural wingspan. Yeah, <laughs> like this guy. I mean, seven you, feet tall. You yeah. look at him and you go like, "Well, that guy could reach his feet from from where he's standing." And the uh, was it the the featured singers were the spinners. Like there's, there's they were there. It they actually were performing. the spinners like at at church. It, oh my god! There was um, who's the guy goat that was in Star Trek: The Next Generation that played like the Uber male, and eventually Tasha Yar had to fight with his wife. Yes, dude, that's like the third episode of the show. I, I, yeah. I yeah. yeah, where and they went to the planet. He's and, the DJ yes. that walks <laughs> off the set to yeah, play Jackhammer or whatever. Jackhammer, yes. he's mm-hmm. fucking great in this movie. Um, and I feel like we've seen him in shit now in like three different movies he that we've does watched. does feel like in the last last month and a half, he's come up more than once or twice. So yeah. for for the sake of Fortress Film Society lore, we decided to, not to be confused with lore from Star Trek The Next Generation, we decided <laughs> to watch this movie because I think you all were explaining to me the wonderful Errol's video, which yes. I never had. Yes. I never had the privilege to go to. With the foam and, and the big cases. And you... Yeah. you Chad cracked some line about the uh, the fish. You've never that known saved the joy about watching the fish Pittsburgh. that saved Pittsburgh. And he, and he, I think yeah. Dawson thought I was making and it up. Go, go collapse laughing, <laughs> I, I and did. I thought that yes, I thought that you were just like what pulling a some title. Yeah. I was like, hey, it's funny. And then you told me to look it up, and I looked it up, and I said, this is not a real movie because they're Pisces. You. you understand? <laughs> and then that's I think that's how we decided to watch this. Yeah, it um, was. I hadn't heard anyone outside of my own home say the name <laughs> yeah. of this movie out loud except for the announcer on channel 20 at like four o'clock on That's a saturday I saw. afternoon i saw yeah. this movie when i was four years old is <laughs> yeah. when i saw this fucking movie i mean i got hit with the class and i know the three of us have all been hit with this at some point the walk into the room what the fuck are you watching yeah. right now <laughs> That's, that, i got that with the fish that saved pittsburgh i agree my wife when she she saw me watching how the west was won and went right back upstairs to watch rape documentaries as soon as she came downstairs she said what in the hell? And she sat down and watched the rest yeah. of the fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing happened to me. Because you have to. The scene with Dr. J, I was telling this, Kevin Smith and I were having a moment before the show. And Dr. J is on a date with the kid's mom. Yeah. And all of a sudden. Well, she's angry at him. He just starts playing basketball in a suit. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I'm like, I was just thinking to myself, man, I really got to get better at basketball so I can win arguments more yeah. often. Like, this is just perfect. It's it's the, you can't rebut what he's doing. How much did Major League rip this fucking movie off? There is definitely a lot of that. I think this is one of those, uh, the archetypal sports, comedy bit, yeah. sports movie. And I think there's, there's others, you know, you got the Bad News Bears, but that's got like a more serious thread Major than this League. one does. This one is right out of the uh, out of the shoot with foolishness, like, right? Where Bad News Bears has that, you know, the oh, the father and daughter reconnecting over baseball, and there's like a weird sort of drama underlying everything else. But this one is just nuts, and it's just fun from start to finish. Costumes are amazing, yeah, absolutely. The, the yeah, car, the, the Rolls Royce, the fucking fact that the, the Doctor J just lets this kid drive him around well, in his yeah, fucking hundred ten thousand dollar car. Uh, uh, apparently, that kid. I don't know why that kid is apparently an executive with Massive the team. Pimp, I, yeah. 
um, the, the the songs, the songs that they wrote specifically for the scenes. I forgot the name of the fucking astrology lady, but the song they wrote for her, Mad, Mona Mondu. Yeah, my, my Magic wife, Mona. Yeah. My wife was like, "Is this a real song? I like this a lot." I'm like, "Well, if they're playing it during the fucking movie, I'm the- so glad." Well, well, I mean, the audio, the the, the dialogue was so <laughs> crunchy and buzzy yeah. that I had to put on subtitles. But the songs are subtitled, crystal yeah, yeah, clear. Yeah. The Amazon rental. They've for this. never remade this. I mean, there, there's yeah. no Blu-ray of this oh, fucking no. movie, right? No, I mean, dude, if there's I, lower than SD. I texted, that's what we've got. <laughs> I texted Goat. I was like, dude. The fucking scan for this is it's so hard. Horrific. And he said, "He said you have to watch it on like an iPad or your or your phone." Yeah. And so I started watching it on my iPhone, and I was like, "Oh, this looks way better than yeah, my, my seventy five awesome. inch." Yeah, I watched it on my laptop screen to get that full old school thirteen inch TV experience. I almost tried to figure out a way to put it in black and white so I could really send myself back in time. I wonder but, what this is going to do for my algorithm because Amazon also has a really great algorithm when you rent and uh, and watch stuff on oh, there. I can't wait. I have no idea. I'm just going to have to send you guys what it recommends, and you have. To tell me what's worth it. How great was the basketball court for the championship game? It was, I was actually struck by that because like, what the fuck? It was really a precursor to some of the courts that you've seen in the last decade Maybe, or so. Where they, man. Well, but I mean, for a long time, literally every court was, yeah. you know, lines. And maybe a fully painted in key. And that was pretty much it. But then in the last few years, you started to see those two-tone stains. You started to see, like, you know, there's some of the teams in the Pacific Northwest that have, like, the entire forest Oregon, scene. They have and the like, forest around them. Yeah, yeah, so you've got, like, that kind of thing. It, this is at least a a much more ridiculous uh, to the nth degree version of that. But it's even brought up uh, when Chick Hearn's doing the commentating. Or, or maybe it's actually Marv Albert. Marv Albert's there because it's the end. championship yeah. game, and he's like, "On this court, like nothing we've ever seen before." And it's like, "My God, the court is so cool." They come in <laughs> in a hot air balloon yeah, dude, yeah, through yeah. the open igloo dude, dome in Pittsburgh, which I might be the only time that place has ever had the the roof open. I stood up from the couch when that happened. <laughs> it was amazing, and then like they have the ramp up there, and they're all like dancing off. Yeah. The I'm like. Yeah. Everything is more entertaining then than it is now. Everyone's so uptight and so fucking afraid of everything. It was so hard for me to not pull a tour and just live text the two of you through oh, watching this. I, it would have been fine. Because I, okay. like, I was like, we're doing a show. We got to save it for the show. But I pulled my phone out every five minutes, yeah. man. Just like, like I got to tell them that I'm watching the, this The right short, now. white, dorky, white dude with the flat top where they just decide, hey, dude, you got to go out and take charges for the rest of the fucking game. And yeah. he's just getting Free throws. the shit kicked <laughs> out of him. So Free throws. He's getting thrown yeah. into the fucking team. I was laughing my balls off when that was happening. It was so great. I, I loved it. There are so many people in this movie. And I mean, I'm sitting here at the very beginning when the, I guess he's the trainer. I'm, yeah. And I'm, I'm hearing him and I'm going, no, wait. It's Frank Pentangeli from The Godfather. Yeah. With dark hair and a full head of hair, or at least a full enough head of hair that you can see it out from under his hat. And I just, it's like, this guy's in this movie. Harry Shearer is the local sports reporter in Pittsburgh that's covering Dude. basketball. Like, just it, this whole thing. They actually, now I will admit, they cut the only road game they have any quote unquote footage the of bullets. is at the Capitol Center. They do a pan across the Capitol Center parking lot. And it's the actual bullets lot. walking yes. off the fucking court. It says Washington Bullets on the and they on the, the court. It's the team they beat in the playoffs to get to the championship yes. game. So they beat them twice during the confines of the fucking game. Yeah, well, because, of course, the team from Pittsburgh beats the team from Washington in the playoffs. Because, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> think about I might have been triggered a couple times then, in this movie. but <laughs> Back then, it was because the, they played L.A. Because L.A. had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They played the, the Bullets were good. Yeah. They, that was, was why they name-checked them. Yeah. 
79 was when they won the championship. There is a basketball so. card out there, and I believe me, I, I almost bought it for Moses Guthrie, and it's a Pisces basketball card. He just sent oh me God. a jersey. He's fucking Dr. J wearing love beads, and I'm like, well, I have to have this. <laughs> I mean, and and I love the fact that you get, I don't know, it's weird to call it fantasy booking, but you've got Meadowlark Lemon and Dr. J yeah. on a basketball court playing together. It was great. Even if it's staged footage, they're still doing the stuff. Like, they're still doing the crazy behind-the-back passes and the things that made basketball like so dynamic and entertaining to watch at that point, especially when that, you because it was unusual to see. That is the one thing that was missing for me is I I will admit like I know almost nothing about basketball. Like I just don't. I, I never grew up with friends that watched basketball or played it. And Sad. and I know I know I know and like I. I, I know it's lost on me, and actually, the way people sell it to me, they're like, "Dude, it's like wrestling. Like it's so personality based in like a lot of ways and stuff like that." I'd say it but, was, but um, I, I that is like. I think that this would be even better for me if I did. And I, I really I, – I had a lot of fun with this movie because it's so great to just have something that you've never heard of. It's never been on your radar before and, and then fall into it and, and be really glad. And then you're telling other people – spoiler alert, I'm telling other people that they need to check this sure. out. It's, you can yeah. spare two ninety nine to, to, to watch this on I, your, I would have been, on your I iPhone. Would, I almost bought it when I was done because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I know I'm going to watch this again. Also, I, I have the IMDb pulled up right now and, and apparently just because they're playing it on mute, there's a – a Siskel and Ebert reel on this, so I know exactly what I'm watching when I get oh, home. Wow. I have I have to see their these, take these on this two movie. Guys talk about this movie because either way, I, just one of them to is going to hate it. it. Either way, listening to it's probably going to be Raj, but either either way, listening to them talk about this is going to be amazing. Sorry, that's an aside. Yeah, but it's they're watching it and probably responding to it in that era at the moment where there, I'm sure there's better movies. Oh, sure. But like, <laughs> Absolutely. It, it's, there it, there mean, might be better movies. You watch your tongue. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm not prepared to say that officially. That's not my opinion. <laughs> that is um, that is something that I'm a sucker for is, is going back and seeing, yeah, what did these two guys, only them, no other critics, only those two, what did they think of it at the time that it came out? It's so much fun. Um, it is so wacky. And I, it, the when they get the new uh, uniforms, mm-hmm. And then also the name is the name is fucking perfect. The poster's perfect. It's one of those cartoon <laughs> hand drawn ones. I you know, I don't know. I, I don't know how anyone could sit down and watch this and maybe maybe if you're young and it's just too just dated. It's so for you, ridiculous, yeah. Right? But I, that's just never happened to me. Like I watch movies from the '50s on a regular basis, and I've never yeah. been like, "Well, this is b- before I." I've never. When Alex Horvat said that the other night, he was like, "Well, I'm younger than you, so I don't get it." It's like, bro, that ain't nothing to fucking brag if, about. If, if you like movies, just like like plain and simple, you like movies. The 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 time that it came out doesn't fucking matter. This is something that I think you're gonna really enjoy. If you enjoy sports movies at all, especially the ones for the unlikely underdog, goofy movie, like if you like dodgeball. You yeah. can't not like this movie. Well, and, if and you I'm, like, you know, if you like a movie like that, if you like Major League, you should give this one a shot because it's just silly. I don't love a lot of sports movies, but this one really works. For I me, agree. Right? Like, it's like, very rare that I'm really into a sports. Like movie. I gotta be like when someone it's says it's so off the wall. This might. I, think. Yeah. I mean, th- and this can trigger people at home. I don't care. Someone says like, "Oh, remember the Titans is my favorite movie." I'm like, you, <laughs> you've never watched another fucking movie in your life, though. dude. It's the same. Here's it's the most embarrassing no, thing. If you do sports talk radio, here are the three movies they all say are their mm-hmm. favorite. They say, "Remember the Titans," and then they say Forrest Gump, and they say The Hangover. Huh. Th- those are the three fucking movies that they all fucking. Say are their favorite. I would do three hours of hate talk on Forrest Gump right hate now. Talk. Uh, hey, oh that's a format God. that I could endorse. Yeah. One oh six seven. The hate. Oh. Hate Paulson. 
Um, I fucking hate Forrest Gump, dude. How about the fact I that... I want to die whenever I think of Forrest Gump yeah, and sitting I, through it again. I sat and watched it uh, on, uh, on home video. Recently? Uh, no, no. Many... When it came out, when it first was available for rent, we watched it with a, with a group of friends, and they said, well, if you don't feel, you know, at the end of this movie, I don't know what kind of heart you have. I said, well, I guess mine's made of coal, because that stunk. I feel and like I, I gotta have like... diarrhea is how I feel after that fucking movie. <laughs> it's like that... And people get so triggered when you say that you don't like it. How I much don't emotional, understand How much emotional pornography is in that movie? It's awful. Life is li- that box of chocolates line. The fact that that was not just something that people just sloughed off as this is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. It's the most saccharine line. Like, that was gospel for people for a decade. And then I met the president. Hey, you just stepped in some shit. Oh, oh, it happened. Something bit me. Fuck you. Would you like a chocolate? That's the same guy that made Back to the Future. Although Gary Sinise is Lieutenant Dan's all right. Yes, he's I saw alcoholic, well, angry dude, man. I, I, that's it. That's it. That's why he's <laughs> great in that man. because he's the only one in the movie who's like, God, would you shut up? <laughs> I saw Gary Sinise. The fuck out of here. I saw Gary Sinise with the Lieutenant Dan band on, on base one time. Him. Oh, wow. Because, you know, they do like the USO tours and dude, stuff like there's that. There's a guy going straight, awesome. to, straight to heaven. It's Gary yeah, Sinise. Yeah, it was he, really he, cool. He decided, okay, I'm famous. I'm going to do everything I can to fucking help guys that have had their arms blown off as fucking Really Stand up fucking Good man. He's wearing a CSI. New York t-shirt. By the way, great in Ransom. Great in Ransom is the evil fucking cop. Give me back. All right, no, all right. But did I'm Ransom did Ransom have an elementary school kid walking into the red light district to go see a fortune teller <laughs> being petitioned by dude. the dude barking outside the porn theater to come on I, in, I little man? I was holding my breath during that scene. How great. I, I've never like, wanted what to be in What kind of movie a, does this end up being? I've never wanted to be in a porn district more than in that fucking place. <laughs> it looked so amazing. Like this unsupervised minor just walking around. I was like, I was like dude, he's going to run into Travis Bickle. He's Robert oh, De Niro God, with the mohawk. Imagine? Oh, he's going to run into the Kaitel fucking <laughs> pimping out Jodie Foster. That's oh. what he's going to do. You don't want to worry about Dude, that. His, his dialogue in that fucking movie. Dude, how about when his, his pants are up to his nipples and he's got the fucking wife beater? He's dressed like a flapper. That's it's very one strange. Best, one of the best movies ever made. Uh, it's, that's a tough watch, though. That is a tough yeah. watch. Um... What are we talking about? Oh, the uh, the, the fish the that saved Pittsburgh. <laughs> Commissioner, would you like one of these autographed balloons? I autographed I autographed 30,000 of them. <laughs> Every time I thought also that maybe they were going to get... They handled race great. Like, it was it yeah. was part of it. They brought it up. But it was handled in a funny way. And there were stereotypes, and you'd be like, all right, it's a stereotype. The guy that wouldn't take the fucking... Whatever, the, the, the chic thing off of his yeah. fucking head. I don't know. I just thought it was lighthearted. It was fun. I enjoyed it. The basketball stuff was fun. Like, Dotson, if you've never seen the Globetrotters, like, when I was a kid, I would see the Globetrotters, like, five times. I mean, yeah. the Globetrotters were everywhere. It, it was great. Yeah. I loved it every time. I'd go... I'd go... If they came... Tomorrow I'd go. Um, this was like that. That's the t- style of basketball that you were watching. Um, I, I, it is going to feel very strange to give how the West is one of four and then give the fish and save Pittsburgh a four. Yeah, but it, it's a four. Nice, it's a four. And it was it was one of those ones. I make fun of people that say this good. Like I don't remember anything about it, but I I have glimpses of this movie as a very young child yes. watching it. And so every once in a while, there would just be like a little flash of recognition where I'm like, it wasn't, there are movies I watched 700 times as a kid. This wasn't one. It was on Channel 20, like you said, mm-hmm. when I was supposed to be going to bed and I caught like an hour of it here or there. Uh, just to sit down as an adult in that shitty, grainy, fucking pixelated oh with the bad sound. But letterbox, so you had the full widescreen experience. I, I cannot fathom someone sitting down to watch this movie and not smiling and kind of moving their head back yeah. and forth like Jester does like a creep. Uh, it's a four. I'll give it a four. 
I wish you didn't point at me when you said that. It's the seat. <laughs> I know. Seat. You're, you know, you're talking into the microphone that he belches fucking beefaroni chunks. It's been at least a week yeah, since yeah, that's yeah. happened. Disgusting so. fucking. Well, I can't wait to pass a week from now. Overstuffed ravioli chunks. No, I'm not worried. I don't think the COVID's in there. I just think his bile is in there, is what I would oh. say. Yeah. Okay. Nobody wants the that. river bile. I'm gonna do the show like this. <laughs> <laughs> I told him to bring his own windscreen, and I said you got to start doing that if you're gonna be belching that way. Yeah, it's a little much. Yeah, it is. I, I think there was there was a movie we watched recently that I had the I couldn't put it on the same scale as other things, but judging it for what it was, yeah, this is this is a four for me as well because it is so much fun. There's no point in this movie where I was like. All right, let's get to it. The only, the closest it came was when uh, the the kid's older sister and Doctor J were in the car, and she was reading him the riot act for. Yeah, and that 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 didn't last long enough and because he immediately, the the, the, he immediately gets out on the he immediately gets out and starts bawling on the court. Like, yeah, like, yeah so, I get it, Julius. It's just like no, you don't understand. Basketball is everything, and it's the world, and you and have she to. She sat and watched him, and she's like, "God bless her." You know what? That's a great point. I will continue to let my elementary school aged little brother hang out with a basketball team instead of go to school. By so, the way, how could you not? How could you not love this? You get a look at that clogged sink when he comes into the house. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, move. that's where, I fucking move, dude. That's where starting the movie on the small screen probably benefited me because oh. I didn't see all the horrors. I was, I was vomiting in my living room. <laughs> sit there with, with the plunger and then gesturing with it. It was, um, it's fun. It's a fun movie. Yeah, dude. I I mean, I, I gotta I gotta thank you guys. Like, I probably would have gone my entire life. You don't mind being old. Existed. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, give me a few years, I might mind, but you know, yeah, yeah, right yeah. now just, I'm cool. If I, and I spend probably more time than most just kind of flipping through the internet, seeing like what link takes me to what and finding something new to watch. I don't know how I would have ever gotten to The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh unless I looked at <laughs> Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's filmography. Right. And um, I don't know, maybe after this week, that would have been the only time that I did that. Sure. But, it was but a Game of Death airplane and The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh. Yeah. By the way, he's great in airplane. Absolutely. He's fucking hilarious I'm, I'm in due for a rewatch on airplane. What does he say? Let him drag. Who's the guy? Lambier. Let him drag Lambier's ass up and down <laughs> yep. the floor. It's fucking great. When he finally admits to who he is. Um, here's what's crazy about this. I'm watching this fucking movie, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is playing, and LeBron James breaks his record as I am watching the movie <laughs> and kidding about it. Very weird, That's man. Crazy. Yeah, and then. My wife watched it with me, so the next day she was, of course, like we all were, reading the Wikipedia for yep, the Fishers yep. of Pittsburgh, and she's like, this was updated seven hours ago. I'm like, wow, that's really weird. She goes, oh, it's because LeBron broke some record he had. I'm like, holy shit, that is a weird that's coincidence. Incredible. Yeah, it was weird, man. So is that our fault? Like, is he going to hunt us down and kill us now? We summoned it, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, that is the broadcasting way, right? Like a ziggurat. By the way, uh, pythons to Pisces? Easily a better rebrand oh, yeah. than Wizards or Commanders. And by the way, better better <laughs> nickname than uh, uh, Manders or Zards, Fish. What a fucking yeah. great nickname for Yeah, it. that's cool. Come on, Fish, let's go. I remember fucking being in Phoenix, and they called the Coyotes the Yotes. And I was like, yeah. douche chills. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> it's great, man. It's a bummer that you don't see like that Jackie Moon fucking uh, movie. Semi-pro. It's so cringeworthingly bad at times that oh my God, and this movie's about that. so much better. And then I just hear people yell out Jackie Moon quotes all the fucking time. Is like, Semi Pro yeah. worth rewatching, Goat? If you watched it and didn't like Dude. it, I wouldn't say it's worth rewatching. I was I like, hated I was it. like thirteen when it came out. I mean, I you know, it it is what it is. Okay. Uh, I would say 
don't go in with high expectations if you are willing to give it a rewatch. But I it's trying to be this fun. movie, ironically. In That's a lot what of it's ways, trying yeah. to be. Because didn't it seem like for a while Will Ferrell was just trying to do like sports parodies or something because well, like it that. was the one with uh, my co-star john hater boy yes of course blazing yes. saddles or whatever the name of that fucking movie was <laughs> was it blades of glory I yeah i have no idea that was a terrible movie too uh, god bless them they made a fucking 90 minute gay joke about two years before they could have both been executed by the hollywood <laughs> yeah. gestapo for I, doing it i think i'm good without revisiting that oh, they're all bad Do- dodgeball is horrific like i i laugh with my teeth out with dodgeball in the movie theater and i watched about 10 minutes of it and they're like, oh, they get hit in the face with a wrench. Like, the scene where they're training is so cringeworthy. Now, White Goodman. Dude, dodgeball yeah. works. Dodgeball White, works White Goodman, when the, when the purple cobras all turn and face the camera and are just going. I will laugh. I will laugh every single time that happens. Steven Root in that movie. I mean, he's fucking funny. He's all right. There's good stuff There's really bad stuff in Oh, yeah. It's a mixed bag. bad. It were, it also, nostalgia goggles on tight when yeah. I'm watching it. Like, Waterboy, when I saw in the theater, teeth out, mm-hmm. whole time, chomping at the air. I haven't seen dude, wa- the Waterboy since I saw it in the theater. Dude, still haven't, still haven't. You'll want to die. I'm so good. what you're saying is there might have been something wrong with our Medulla Oblongata <laughs> when we watched it. Medulla Oblongata. <laughs> now, I, I think... Happy Gilmore beating up Bob Barker will be funny, I think, forever. That's eternal. I think yeah. that's funny. But that's just a piece of that movie. Well, Shooter McGavin is yeah. a 10. Shooter McGavin is Darth Vader. Like He's an all-time villain, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. All right. We all give it a four? Yeah. Where'd you give it go? I give it a four. Man, yeah, I great. give it a four. That's so great. I, how can we give that a four? We give fucking... How the West was one a four? You know... <laughs> Hey man, that's that's what the show is. I right? know. We 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 are going to all corners tonight. It is great. It's, I think it's, it was our scores for Maniac Cop were the ones where we go. Well, how do we put this up against yeah. X, Y, and Z? You know, masterpieces just, of cinema. I just think you got to stop thinking about it. But that's you know? exactly what it was. Right. That's where it was but like. But movie zealots on Twitter don't. They're constantly fucking making that dumb argument. Did we give Maniac Cop a four? I think I gave it a three and a half. I gave it a four. Yeah, I, I think, think I, I gave it a three and a half. half as well. I think Dylan gave it a four. I think this is this is in the same. You sit down and you fucking kind of like, man, it, it's a time. It's, you know what's great about it? It's a fucking time machine, man. Like you find yourself thinking like, wow, it's so great that this was in a movie theater at some point. You know? Yeah, absolutely. We don't have to see Red Notice 2 getting greenlit. <laughs> Red Notice. Is that The Rock? Oh, movie? it's The Rock and Ryan Reynolds and oh, Gail Gadot Godot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to make another one of those. And why not? Okay. Shout out to Netflix and AMC. Now, Good Time is a movie that uh, the tube is, is always talking about. Um, yeah. I, I watched it because Eric Davis and I were had a discussion about it many years ago. I saw it in the theater. Did you see the theater? I thought we watched it for the broadcast the first time. I'm positive I saw the theater. I remember. I think I might have a ticket stop for that I'm, movie. I'm crazy, and I keep logs of every time I watch something. Well, look and it up. I, I went back and looked, and it, it, was, it, it lined up with when we were doing the broadcast movie club. I have a... Vivid memory of sitting in the Alamo watching that movie, okay, but that checks I, out too. I, I also it, it, you drink, could have, you could have seen, but I drink a lot. I drink a lot. But I mean, I think Bro, we, you I think a blackout. We watched it like right as it came out, though. Like but yeah, we saw it, it the year we, it came we were, out. We were like on top of the release because um, it was getting all that buzz. I think that it came up organically on the show again a couple weeks back, and that's why we just threw it in. We compared a uh, seventy-one with like kind of the the raw, oh, like, yeah, yeah, the yeah, chase, yeah, yeah. like the constant the, movement. Yeah, the energy. the no let. Up on the tension. On the intensity, yeah. yes, yes. I think that stands up. Yeah. It's funnier than I remember. Good time. Oh, um, yeah, there's there there's some good shit in it. Yeah, but it's also fucked up. Uh, oh, Dotson, I, you can fucking kind of spearhead this Look, I, I'm like, 
like at the Thanksgiving table, what are you thankful for? Like, I'm thankful for movies like Good Time. Like, no, seriously, dude. Because like, like I believe you. I that just, is a bold proclamation. Yeah. I, because because it it just like it, it fucking gets you. It gets you physically and like it gets you mentally. Where you are just like drawn to the screen and you're not looking at your phone. Oh, I you, thought you, you meant like, oh, this movie gets me. Oh no 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 no. Yeah. Like like just that like. There are a few movies what out is it, there. Unrelentingly bleak. It's, that's exactly this one. All right, this I one's copy pretty and bleak. paste that review off the back of the book. Bleak, by the way, but it, it, it's just it's an hour and forty something minutes of just you're going. And I think I said this last episode. You're just going holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. The whole yeah. movie, and like that is hard to do, mm-hmm. especially now, especially when I have only ever watched this movie on my couch. I never saw it in theaters, and each time. I just kind of forget that I'm living life and I'm just sucked into the screen for that amount of time. And, and that's that's hard to do now. That's impressive. Man. It's an A24 movie. Uh, it is an hour and 41 minutes. Josh and Benny Safdie are the directors. And it gets 91% from the critics, 82% from the audience. Because the audience generally can't deal with... Um, Something that isn't just like here's John Wayne standing at the end of the movie that's that's beat the bad guy. Sure, like they, yeah. they have have a little bit of a problem with that, and it's about it's about two brothers uh, focusing on one. One of them gets um, injured, and the other one is trying to figure out a way to get him out of a hospital. And well, he goes to jail. That's who. Yeah, yes, he but he ends to, up he, in a. Well, I guess maybe he doesn't well, end up in a hospital. He's on his way. They. they the the brother who is a criminal convinces his mentally challenged brother to rob a bank with him mm-hmm. and then by, by the way, I don't really understand that he didn't need him like, no not it's, at all it's that he's he's a bad fucking person yeah but he does love his brother he yes. does he does but also like he can't help but like manipulate those around him as well and he clearly I mean dude it's 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 fucked what are those what's those he's Dick <laughs> Smoke Hand it. Fucked me up watching this movie. Being, I'm friends with Dick Smokehead. He is, is my Dick friend. Almost, Dick almost went to Rikers too. <laughs> Dude, he's Dick Smokehead. He's a little bit Ant Man too, but he's just thin yeah. and he's kind of good looking. He's got crazy hair, oh, yeah. so he's fucking Dick Smokehead. Got, got the Queen's accent, yeah. When he's lying to that 16-year-old girl and that fucking... Dude, I, I'm going to get something that, to eat. You want way, something to eat, too? That fucking scene, man. Well, look. I, <laughs> my wife almost... Oh, you got to hit the fucking thing. My, my wife fucking almost punched out. We watched this one again because she watched it the first time. She's mm-hmm. like, is he going to bang her? I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. He just didn't want her to see him the on news. the TV, and that's what he had to do to get her to not I mean, I think that he w- would have come to that if... if I don't think if, so. Because the whole reason he stops is that he's the, yeah. the dude wakes up. He doesn't have any interest in her. I'm telling you, he just wants to manipulate her as a means to an end to use the phone. That doesn't to get mean the he wouldn't have gone through think, with it. I Maybe. think he's a fucking yeah. slime ball, man. I think. I mean, I think I, I've the more I watch it, I'm just I get what a little more. Tra- no, no, no. See, here's where you're wrong. Here's where you're wrong. When she, when, when the, when he's in the fucking guards uniform that they fucking stomped and, and poured the acid down the. That's uh, the guy I feel bad for. The guy from uh, he's I'm Cap- the captain he's now. Captain that's yeah. him, by the way, which was a mind fuck because I didn't know that either. Incredible it's been a couple years. Oh my, he he deserves to be. He's better in this movie more. than he is in the I'm the captain now oh, yeah. fucking movie. His, oh, dude, I, I when he wakes up on that gurney. Or you when just, they, you just feel so bad. Oh, God, you, 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 clen- you clench up. It's just, oh, well, like your life is over. I was You're, already clenched up. Yeah. This whole movie I spent just being angry at literally everyone yeah. on screen except for like that guy. Pattinson is smoking a cigarette, wearing the uniform. They go, "Is this was this person lurking around?" He goes, "No, no, no." He looks out for her in that yeah. moment. I, I think in his Bart of Bart's, just like I think this about Dick. I think in Dick's Bart of Bart's, he's a good person. But 
I think when you get involved in this cycle, it just alters who you sure. are and what you're capable of. Um, Dick is not Robert Pattinson in this movie. <laughs> he just he reminds me of. I mean, you sent that text to both of us in the chat. It I think, fucked me up for the movie. Now I, I think I, forever. I'd seen the movie a handful of times. Goat, you had not seen it yet, and I was like, this just ruined my fucking day. Um, <laughs> And I was like, Goat, don't let that change how you view the movie, but also Chad's right. Even though it's well, true. Yeah. But you and I, had a, we had a preconceived notion about the movie because we'd both seen it and enjoyed it. And so that altered what I, the, yeah. the way that I watched this second I mean, time. Th- this, I really think this is one of the best movies that came out that decade. Like, there's just, I can't, you can't really compare it to anything else that came out in the 2010s of just like, what would you say is on par with what this does? Mm-hmm. There's not a moment, though. Here, here's where... I'll compare it a little bit to the deep. There's not a moment yeah. to take a breath in this fucking movie, and so. But I think that's better in a movie that's an hour I'm and forty you. minutes. I'm with you, but but it was ex- this is an exhausting movie. Yes. Like if you walk oh, yeah. by the end of it, you're like, first of all, the end, you're like, what the? This is the fuck. You can't believe it's the end. Mm-hmm. And then I go like this. I did that at the end of the movie again. Yeah. Just because it's exhausting. Like, I kind of wish I was in that classroom is, instead of having watched this movie. It is I'm not. Sorry. It is not a Saturday morning movie. Like, I hate that classroom. You, oh my god, that classroom made me so sad. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, especially with with the Iggy Run Pop. to the other side the, of the, the wall. The Iggy yeah. Pop oh, song playing. Sad it's song. incredible. Oh my, oh my god, god, it's, god so it's fucking incredible. So basically, I, 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 my hair's rising up. Like it's so good dude. because you revel in your sadness and other people's misery. That's true too. Yeah. What? Because a movie like inflicts some type of emotion that 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 that, that should be a fault. Most people would like when they're trying to be entertained. I know you don't watch movies to be entertained. <laughs> they, they would like to feel better. I might better. have thought about that yeah. as I was watching this yeah. movie. I I want the fucking big robots to beat back the kaiju. I that that's what I want when uh, I watch a movie. But like also, dude, the, when you're talking about like comparing that to to good time, it's like oh, I'd rather drink Bud Select Fifty Five than Maker's Mark, which is this what we're is a great. Right now movie and i am happy i watched it but to i like to wa- i like to throw to the parted on and sit there and, oh man this is wash over me baby sure this is not that no it's not okay. i mean no i i'm not most of the time i am not sitting around just being like hey fuck it man let's watch good time like yeah no oh, it, bullshit when, you yeah. fucking brought up 700 times yeah, on this the, fucking show wait a because that's i think how, because that's i think how it's how amazing watching movie. It. exactly it's an, an, oh it's, i'll fucking watch good time again <laughs> hell yeah because it's an amazing movie but just like you have to kind of prepare yourself for it right like i if, was not i, I am making a very very active and I, and I don't know that don't I had to read the deep and watch good time in the same fucking two weeks that's I mean, grim dude, the the opening like you already forget that the movie has begun where you get you get the the opening which is um his brother the shrink who is that shrink that, should have been nominated by, for best supporting oh, actor yeah. by the so way great. By, he's by so great so fucking good that he's, is that he's is the only good guy go, in the movie he goes how oh how dare you You should be ashamed he's like, yes. shame. he goes shame on you and he's so nice even then when that's happening and he's just trying to help that like, poor why are you kid. taking this kid away but like you know the, and the brother is benny safty one of the directors mm-hmm. which i think it, oh i did not know that a little like 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 casting yourself to yeah, play but he's this awesome dude. but he is very good yeah and, and i mean and he's gone on to they they obviously after this they made uncut gems together um he's gone on to act a little bit he was in kenobi actually oh, yeah? um he was in the last paul thomas anderson movie like oh. he's the actor of the two of them but they're they're both writers and directors they grew up in new york city um he you know you get the opening with the two of them and then it cuts it goes right to the bank robbery yeah and then all that shit happens where they get busted and they get chased and and you see him he goes to jail and he he's goes getting, through like, the plate glass he's, window he's getting yeah. beat up in jail you know he's going to Rikers Island and then that's when the the credits start like, yeah you already forget like oh my god I almost forgot that I was, was watching the a fucking movie yeah and, and I just think like, that is so, so great I so I, powerful, I love dude. a great die pack <laughs> like, scene how did you oh. not account for die packs and, oh yeah because you're a 
dip and that's shit. why they idiots? went yeah. into the vault was to get the fucking yeah. die back. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee is such a Ooh. mess in this movie. Yeah, like I hate her. She's so codependent, but like. She's but, one of the best working I mean, actresses. You're an unbelievable actress because yeah. I mean this character's and then that guy. Um, I just looked him up. Buddy Duress. He plays Ray, the guy that he he accidentally fucking rescues. Oh my god, Dude, that guy is a great fucking actor. Well, do you know his his background? No, he's not an actor. Who he, is he? He is a dude is that a shithead. They, he is a dude that they befriended. Like they've known him. So he's just, a, he plays a shithead because he is a shithead. Yeah, he is just like a shithead from wow. New York. Such a good shithead. So he he's in the the movie they he's made a before this. Shithead. I want him to die the whole movie. The movie they made before this, uh, Heaven Knows What. It's about drug addicts. It's a, it's harrowing. Sounds Shocker. great, but, but like most, uh, of, they're not directing the, the Super Mario movie. I can't like, believe it. Most of those most of the people in that movie they pulled off the streets. And including that guy, and then they re they they cast him again for this movie. Dude. Like these are the only two movies that he's been in, and and yeah, he's he's an amazing like he like recharges the movie, There's, especially when he's like telling that story of like chugging the bottle in the liquor store. And that's then, the best part of the movie dude, for that me. Flashback when he of does him, his like, recap of getting out of jail. Dude, the best part is how long it takes him to break his brother out, and then you realize he broke the wrong for fucking guy sake, out. Yeah. That that is when you're just like, holy shit! And I am not does, ready for the rest of this. He movie. doesn't have disguises. It's bullshit and charisma dick smoking <laughs> when he gets onto that and then he I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable drop him off at the fucking house I was like oh my god dude oh yeah like, like uh, there was one more stop we were actually you can just let us off back there like, by the way the whole time I'm like he's such a nice guy like I, I'd let him dude. into my house to chill his brother's <laughs> fucked up right he's trying to stash the fucking the money and he's like my brother's mentally handicapped like you just got to give us a second yeah dude. he's taking everybody's phone he's fucking manipulating everything and by the way this this movie was the start of the the um the Pattinson sans or whatever you want to call it what happened to McConaughey basically where he was you know he was trashed cuz he was in the fucking twilight right. movies and then they cast him in this and people saw this and said oh my god not only is this one of the best movies of the year like we've never seen something from this dude like this before and then i mean this movie is the reason that he's the batman is, well, hold on. because I, people started really respecting there because we were doing hard times and faceness or whatever the name of our show was and fucking one we, I remember, pissed off. we both had the same reaction when they they cast him as batman we said look if you don't think he should be batman go watch good time yeah because you don't know what type of an actor you're dealing with here you think he's a stupid sparkly vampire guy and which by the way is is a fair characterization until you see this fucking movie this is like miley cyrus taking those pictures where her badge is hanging out and she's sticking <laughs> oh, yeah, her asshole sure. out everywhere and, and she goes from being on the fucking disney channel to being you know madonna no no well, that's what and this fucking movie is yeah exactly. and it's like uh <laughs> and it's like what elijah wood and um uh harry potter i Dana just for, why am they're i playing the same yeah. fucking person they're not but tell me they're not but they've but they've done everything they can to break out of those two molds. Of about his, yeah. I'm not Frodo. I have these other things. Yeah, and luck. Yeah. and Radcliffe has really done a big, a, a strong job of getting away oh, yeah. from Harry Potter. And so, like, that's where Pattinson doing that is also laudable because he's taking these movies that are completely out of left field. This movie made two million dollars. Nobody fucking saw right. this movie. You well, know, because A24 also they, they well, you're it, doing the art and, film. And basically. this was yeah. this is what 2016, 2017. So it was like kind of it was before Hereditary, where I feel like Hereditary real, and then Moonlight winning best best picture is like what be, what really elevated A twenty four to being like oh we're gonna distribute more because people know who we are. I think this movie was a key part of building that reputation for the studio, and then yeah they put out shit like Hereditary, like Uncut Gems, like Midsummer. 
Um, I think this is still in, I don't know, if we want to compare it to the, the, the worst example, this is still in like phase one of, of A24. This movie they made kind of 2 million at the box office. Hereditary made 82.5. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this, and, and I think that A24 had a way different reputation by the time that Hereditary came out. Although Hereditary, I think, really is what put it over. I, this is, like the, this was is like, like the credibility movie yeah. that you do as an actor, yeah, though. Like, and then, this is, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and dude, and like those guys, they, they love shooting on location. Um, they're all heavy of this is, film grain at the yeah, very beginning too, with all a of lot of close-ups. All it, of this is on location in New York City. They're doing that that crazy, the shaky cam. Um, actually, when they're running through the mall, that was like all guerrilla style. They didn't have permits when the when the cops oh, were wow. chasing them. Like they were just in a mall, and Robert Pattinson's just sprinting through that mall while they're following with the camera. Like Damn. that was not like a a closed shoot or anything like that. Um, obviously, it's like a little. What you just know a lot about this movie, dude. I love I, I, I love this movie, and I mean I love the Safties. Like they're I, know. I I think they're they're great movie makers, man. That that movie, heaven knows what. Both of you would be really upset by it, but if you want to, ruin your fucking, I don't I don't want to do that. I don't if you want to ruin your night, but also watch I don't want a, an incredible film that is it is worth your time. Oh. Um, good disclaimer for everyone else. Also, yeah. don't forget like uh, Scorsese produced this because. I, I guess he recognized them as like, oh, these dudes are New York, no shit, I mean, New York on location filmmakers. He saw a little bit of himself in them probably, and he is a producer on Good Time. I think he helped finance a little bit of it and, okay. and, and put it out or shop it around at least. Goat. Mm-hmm. We have had a little bit of diarrhea of the mouth. I don't know if you've noticed <laughs> over the past couple The man months. is excited and he loves it. Uh, you haven't seen this film before. I had not. What, uh, what did you think? I spent an hour and 41 minutes being angry at just about everyone on screen. Really? Except for Nick. Okay. Because I felt bad for Nick. Of course. And he was only on screen for the first like 20 and the last five. Well, then you should feel good because Nick actually made it out better than I, most of the I, other characters I, in this if, fucking movie. If I'd watched the beginning and then there was like, and then a lot of shit happened. And then you show Nick going to that school where he can finally be at peace and start learning. I'd have thought this was a wonderful movie that I'd watch <laughs> over and over and over again. Um, it was definitely a hammer down on the accelerator the entire time. There was no break. There was no time to rest or even to reflect on what had happened on the screen Not up until that all. point in time. And it the entire movie, for the most part, just felt like an, an asshole off. Like, who can be okay. the bigger asshole? And, in, and culminating in the argument between uh, Connie and, uh, uh, you know, not Jerry Seinfeld with the puffy face, who was Ray. just... Ray, yeah. yes. Um, he was the, them arguing. It's like, well, I'm so much better than you. It's like, you know, nobody's better than anybody else, bro. No, nobody. Okay. All right. You know what? You're both terrible. Now, there were moments in this movie that were fascinating and terribly, terribly engaging. When the, when the dude decides to climb out the window to get to the balcony to avoid the police and then just free falls, that was jarring in a holy Shit! I can't believe that happened. And also, kind probably of way. what would happen, and you know, in I that, mean, in that's that all I ever moment. think about when anybody yeah. steps out onto a ledge in a movie. I'm like, you, you're never gonna pull this off. And the fact that it's that long shot mm-hmm. from 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 half a mile away, you're like how the hell did this happen? Body. It, it reminds me so much of exactly what I think when I watch Die Hard, where it's that far away shot of Hans Gruber falling and mm-hmm. his body's flailing, where he falls for what seems like miles next to the building. Yeah. That's the only other time that I've ever felt that way where I'm just like, how the fuck did they do this without killing someone? 
or they made the most realistic robotic dummy I've ever seen. <laughs> it was a great. It was a great scene. Um, it's, it's amazing. Two quick sidebars: uh, Nakatomi Tower and the um, the uh, museum from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the art museum in Chicago. Yes. Both of those places want nothing to do with the movies that they're known for. Sure. That does not Which, surprise me. Well, Nakatomi doesn't surprise me because they're probably trying to just conduct business. I understand, but. But also, put a fucking gift shop yeah. in the basement. Also, I'd cry if I went to either of those places. So fuck you. I, there's a whole ep- there's a whole episode of Opie and Anthony where they go to Chicago and they're like trying to figure out where everything is, and everyone in the museum is pissed off that they went and they like Ferris Bueller. <laughs> and then Ted, this is Ted's own fault. He went to Los Angeles on his honeymoon oh. with the express written consent that he wanted to go to Nakatomi Tower. Walked into the lobby and they told him to leave because he wanted, <laughs> he wanted to take pictures at the fucking, you know, where fucking, oh, the quarterback is down. Like, all the security <laughs> sitting at the fucking, I, I they would, wanted him out of there. I would pay for just, like, dash cam footage of Ted walking in Getting there kicked and kicked out. To, yeah. Oh. How much is it going to cost for me to get out of here? Uh, Come on. Uh, Hunt that little shit down. If you're lucky enough to own a building where there's a famous movie, just put up a... Take advantage. Stall with a couple of t-shirts. Yeah. Or, you know, a little photo op thing for people to hang from or whatever. 20 bucks a pop. Yeah. Not a bad idea. Um, but yes, this movie. Did you think was, it was a good movie? Good. It, that is the thing. It was a good movie. Yeah. Did I enjoy this movie? I can't say that I did. But I respect the quality that went into making it. And it's a hard. It's a weird sort of line to walk because I looked at it and I was like, "This is fascinating." Right. And a lot of care and effort went into making this, and it doesn't look cheap. It doesn't look like it was made on a shoestring budget. It looks like it was made with an artistic style. On purpose with the heavy film grain and the dark and the uncomfortable close-ups in spots. But boy, was I just uncomfortable for this whole movie, and I did not appreciate that the entire time. The uh, I love the poster. I don't know if it was an alternate poster or whatever it was, where it's just the big bottle and like the fact that so much of this movie revolves around this big bottle of fucking liquid acid. Yeah, sprite so, bottle full of acid. It's so weird. Um, and the dude that like shows up and he goes, "Yeah, I'm gonna go get the ATM." Clack clack. He does like the gun. Khalif, yeah. my boy, Khalif. That guy's such a fuck. Um, that, I, I I like it, and I can't say I. I did enjoy watching it again. I, I did. It's it's not um it's not fun. You're right. And it's not funny. But there are moments that are. There's moments where there's there's levity. Yes. And there's moments where I can I can breathe at times. Uh, I know I said that there wasn't. Um and maybe that comes with watching it multiple times, I think multiple the, sittings. The scene where they're talking about next steps in the car while the girl's at White Castle. Yeah. That's kind of an act break where you're going, okay, well, here comes the end game of, of this movie because we got to figure out where we're going from here. I also love a good, we're in a fun house when it's not open. Like, it's I can see that. It's always something that I dig. Uh, there's a movie called Haunt. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It is viciously awful. You should watch it. It is a fucking... Is that the one with the masks on the poster? Yeah. I don't think... I, it's like in my queue I never got to Fucking... Me. Horrific. Oh yeah. Uh, borderline torture. Feel bad. Uh, borderline torture porn right, cool. is what I would say. I'll watch it but, um, it's it's just <laughs> all right. Sure. It's just that it's like a fun house. We'll save that for Saturday morning. It's haunted. Um. So I like that. I'm a sucker for that too. Okay. I just think Pattinson. Like, if you're gonna look at him as, I mean, to pull off, he's that guy. Like, he's not the big handsome fucking. He was not act. I mean, he was not acting. No. He he, he was he that dude. Became that person. Yeah. yeah. When The Rock is doing a movie, he is acting very hard. There is, I mean, notice. Or he's just The Rock. Or he's just The Rock. But in Black Adam, he's like, 
It's like, all right, whatever Ugh. he's doing is completely different than what Robert Pattinson is doing. No disrespect. <laughs> well, that's every, I mean, how many times did he in that movie? Like it was it was several times in the burlap. Um, I assume a five for you. It's Not, a five, dude. Oh, this, this, this was this was this was uh, round four, by the way. Um, dude, I'll watch it again tonight. Like, it's, don't, don't do that, please. I, I like I said, you know, I think that I, I if can't, it works for you, it does work for me. It doesn't. Just, it's not making him happier. I can't compare another movie to it where it's like, what what does what this one does? That's like, true. Tape to tape, and you do what um, you do. I do think also like a lot of people they go back and forth. I think this is better than Uncut Gems. I like Uncut Gems a lot, but well, Robert Pattinson. Is, no disrespect, to Adam Sandler is a better actor. Yeah, than I, Adam and, and and I mean Uncut Gems has more beats. Where there is there is a little more up and sure. down through that and movie. And Kevin Garnett, yes, in the movie. Uh, and and by the way, amazing fucking movie. But Good Time is like, dude, I'm I'm glad that this movie exists, and I don't know how they ever pulled it off, but it's something that I will go back to and just like it, it, it'll it'll definitely up the blood pressure a little bit. But it's worth it every time. I'd say Uncut Gems is snatched to lock stock and two smoking hmm. barrels to good time. That's a really, that. that's a really yeah. good way to put it. And Goat, have you seen Uncut Gems? I haven't. God damn okay. it. You've seen Snatch. Oh, absolutely. Right, and Lockstock, yes. There you go. All right. We can save Uncut Gems for another time, but I wouldn't mind talking about that. I understand, but I cannot do two of these fucking movies back to back. And also, we got three bangers. Well, well two bangers in your weird film. And that is one of the reasons There's that no I... no reason for that, by the way. That, that's one of the reasons that I probably have sidestepped Uncut Gems, just because sure. it was, you know, like, whoa, this is a really powerful and moving and deep. It's a good movie. But I've also heard that it is just fantastic. So, yeah, I haven't... It is, it's excellent. It's one of those I got to get in the headspace to watch oh, it. I really think this movie's perfect. I'll give it's, it's not. I'll give it um I'll give it a four. A definitely okay. a four. It's very, very good. And if you haven't if you think this guy's still a douchebag, you definitely should watch it. And just the, the it's just a tiny it's not there's there's a, not a huge plot here. It just seems like normal scumbags doing normal scumbag shit. It really doesn't seem like it's all that fantastical. Um so that's why the shit the stories Ant Man tells me. It sounds like this movie. It sounds like mm. that's what it sounds like. Scumbags and shitheads dealing with each other. Um, so it's like a slice of it's not what I look for in movies, goat. But I understand why Dotson is so moved by it. Yeah. it it's very good. I, I definitely think it's worth anyone watching, even if you're not looking for this type of film. I can see that. This is one of those situations where there's a di there's a difference between respect and like. Um, from oh, from sure. from the I there was some for some reason I ended up getting convinced to watch that movie kids a long time ago uh, oh shit i hate all and, that dude's movies but that's the thing oh uh, harmony corinne yeah oh dude i fucking but hate harmony that Corinne. movie from start to finish i was just like why am i watching this why are we watching this this is just terrible on top of terrible yeah, that movie's awful. and unfortunately i had a twinge of that at some point in about the first third of this movie and i couldn't I quite that. shake it i get that no there's I, not kids no, no, no. giving kids aids in this movie. no 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 but I mean, just the whole like uh, it's almost nihilistic in yeah. in some degree, and you're just kind of like, Ooh, but not in a fun like, hey, the world's coming to an end, screw it kind of way. It was just oh, that kids movie. I'll never forget. It was Larry Cohen, by the way. Emperor uh, Empire Records, Kids and Clerks were all kind of around the same fucking time, and and yeah, I think and the, they were all part of the same conversation because I think the graphic design for kids looked like the I think logo from right. Clerks, and, and so, so it's very it much did, yeah. yeah. Everybody at my high school was like, oh, you gotta watch kids, it's, and I remember it's a, it's a temp whole movie of our what generation the fuck is yeah. this? I don't know have you watched the doom generation no don't watch it but, okay. but that was one of those ones too you gotta watch this and it's 13 is another one fucking yeah. hideous 
So, awful. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I don't know if Harmony Corinne has ever come up before on this show, but like I fucking hate that dude and I hate his movies. There's a lot of child he's like fucking sex yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean in he, his he's movies. like 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 Harmony Corinne is like if John Waters was from New York and really fucking mean instead of just and more trying pretentious to like, instead it, of it, wacky. Yeah, instead of just yeah. trying to have fun. Like like whether his... you like John Waters or not, I think he's just trying to have a good time and like make something fun with his friends. Harmony Corinne he is make, trying to be an asshole. What was the next movie he made? There's uh, a movie called, I think it was followed, was called Bully. Uh, uh, he made Gummo, which is awful. Yeah, I think that was bad, uh, too. He did Spring Breakers. He did. Oh. The eh. only movie I liked of his was <laughs> The Beach eh. Bum. Um, Spring Breakers is tough because James Franco reminds me so much of Sonny Ledford in that yeah, movie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and those, that's I mean, true. I like I, so the Beach Bum with McConaughey is, I think, his best one. We it's might be talking about different people. The only one worth. Uh, Larry Cohen. Well, Larry Cohen directed it. Corinne wrote it. But Corinne went on to direct bigger movies than Larry Cohen. No, Larry Clark. Larry Clark. Yeah, Larry, that's, Larry, that, that's who I'm talking Larry about. Larry Cohen did fucking It's Alive and Maniac Cop. I'm sorry. <laughs> Larry, Clark, Larry Clark. Just a little bit different. Hold on. Let me Slightly make, different oeuvres. I mean, by the way, both of them, bad people and make bad movies in my okay. opinion. Okay. Yeah, Larry Clark Corinne. directed Bully. That, that's who I'm thinking of. Don't watch that fucking movie. He also, I think he did Ken Park. Really bad. And You're awful. conflating two different guys, you son of a bitch. Larry Clark. Maybe you sound like a fucking asshole. What about I'm Ray sorry. Park, though? What about Ray Parker? Or his son. Uh, oh, man, he's the best. Junior. He can lift a song better than anybody. <laughs> On, so it's weird. I hate... I I can't cop out and give it two separate scores, one for artistic merit and one for how as it made a me movie, feel. What did you think? But as a movie, I, I don't know that I could go above a three with this. Really? It just made me so unhappy. That it's hard for me to get out from under that. I'm just, and uh, you know what? And I, I, I didn't think it was that depressing. I don't know. I'm surprised to hear you say. Yeah, that. I don't know. It was just maybe the timing of when I watched it. I, I'm not saying I won't give it another shot at some point in time, because it is. It's even though it at, at, at over 90 minutes, it's still a tight movie. Like there is oh, never yeah. a dull moment. Yeah. So I might I might give it another shot now, knowing what's coming. I might be able to appreciate it a little bit more. It was also your first yeah. viewing of yeah. it. That, that probably is it was it was a harsh band aid to tear so off. So you thought that the deep was less depressing than that fucking movie? What did I give the deep? You was gave that it like a, a three and a half? I don't know. You gave it better than at this. least a three. Yeah. I think I gave it a three. But which was more depressing to you? See, the, the, the fact the, that's even a question. I know. Wild, well, the the oh, deep man. was more depressing. This was more aggravating. Oh man. Yeah, I don't. I don't see that. That's I'm interesting. Just, I, I, I'm. I'm a little bummed. And, and, I'm sorry. And, and, and I don't I'm mean not, to bum you out. No, I'm no, just you know. Well, also, we all watch movies for different things. I think, right? Sure. For the most part, we have some common ground. This but... is one like I. I do have a lot of connection to this movie, though. Where like, if you show someone an album and be like, "Ha ha," and yeah. they're like, "I don't know." That, yeah. That's kind of that is kind of what I'm getting right now, which I, is which is fine. I, I think the goat and I would rather watch Muppet Treasure Island than this movie. Oh, a hundred times out of a hundred. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. And I don't think Dotson can say that. I I did also grow up with Muppet Treasure Island. I know, but I, what would you I, rather watch? I'd rather watch Good Time. Well, okay, right. Yeah. But so that's a mindset. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you did give it a five. It, it is. It's a five. It's a great movie, and I could see giving a five to a movie that's as upsetting as this. I, 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 I don't. But it's, I, I don't know. You're giving it enough credit. It's very, very good. And especially, it's it's difficult to look at Robert Pattinson in this role, knowing where he was in his career, True. and not think it's even that much more. Because he could have been, what was that awful movie that Hayden Christian, Jumper. Jumper. Yeah. Oh. 
Do you remember yeah. when Hayden Christensen went from that? That's what you do when you come off of the shitty fucking big tent pole sci-fi movie, which yeah. Robert Pattinson did. He should have been in iRobot or something. You know, he should have been or in a movie that nobody saw. And well, except what's, well, this, this is a movie yeah. nobody that's saw. That's what I mean. What's, yeah. What's crazy is apparently Pattinson engaged them about working with them. Is like, like he, good for him for knowing he needed to do something like he, that. Well, well, and and previously, I think like 2012, he did a Cronenberg movie that no one saw called Cosmopolis. It's really weird and not that good i don't want to see that movie it's, either. it's it's not that good but like he's doing he, he, he was he was on that daniel radcliffe bit of like i'm already doing I, weird shit in i'm getting away shit. from this yeah. i'm okay with everyone named cronenberg getting interrogated for several days just just sure. talk to him for several days little waterboarding chinese water torture <laughs> all that shit i'm fine with it infinity the, pool great movie i'm not i will i would i'd rather die if you came in here and it's said that's my movie, movie that would have been the last fortress film <laughs> well i know better than that do you want to see infinity pool go no, I'd rather watch Infinity War. <sighs> I don't. Oof. I would rather than Infinity Pool. That's that's offensive. <laughs> I'm here to offend you this evening, yeah, Dottie. I apparently, <laughs> I, just... I don't think I'll ever. Maybe I'd watch the original Blades, the the two two the, the first two original that's Blades again. Um, all right. Well, those are great movies. Uh, last thing, boys, and I'm sorry. I know we've been going forever. No, sure. Elijah Wood, star of The Hobbit. Um, not... Same person, as Lord Dan of the Rings. <laughs> He tweeted out, uh, AMC is doing a bit now where they are uh, doing the tier seating. Yes. Yeah. Uh, people seem to be upset about that. It, it's not the best. But he, of course, tweeted out a big, weepy, emotional tweet where he said, the movie theater has always been a sacred d democratic space for all, and this new initiative by AMC theaters would essentially penalize people for lower income and reward for higher income. It's a nice tweet. Um, I'm sure you get a lot of favorites. I think... Democratic is not the right word there. Um, my response to this tweet was, have you ever been to a sporting event, a concert, ridden on a plane? The better seats always cost more. Movie theaters lost their ass during the pandemic. They are still digging out. Nothing nefarious is going on here. I stand by that. Okay. Um, I also think it has something to do with the fact that you and me and everybody else that listens to this probably is willing to go to the Alamo Draft House where it's costs more money, but you get a reserved seat. Mm -hmm. uh, they say if anybody gets on their phone, we'll throw them out. Uh, if they talk, we'll throw them out. Um, we have a waiter that'll come around to you with your food. Like You're paying more for a, a better product. A premium experience, yeah. I think if you go to Safeway and you buy the Safeway Select Cola, you can do that, or you could buy Coca-Cola, which tastes better. It just does. Um, I think it's real easy right now in America to say you are trying to... Paying more for a better ticket is something that we have done since there's been tickets. I'm sure John Wilkes Booth had to pay more money for his fucking ticket. Um, Wasn't he in the show? This is weepy horse <laughs> shit, um, and I don't have any problem with AMC trying, trying to figure out a way to maximize their money-making scenario because they have stockholders, they have management, and they want to keep their theaters open. Um, and if you don't like it i think you can do what everyone else does and that's not go to the movie theaters mm -hmm. like, there's plenty of people from every tax bracket that have decided the movie theaters are not for them um so i don't know i i had a very strong opinion about that i know a lot of people disagree but we talk about movies and i was kind of really anxious to hear what you guys thought about it i i i don't like the move from amc but i don't I don't love it either. I don't dislike it because I think it's some sort of class warfare. Right. I think it's the I think it's the starter's pistol in a death spiral for the for the movie theaters because I look at a situation like the DC Metro. About 20 years ago, they started 
seeing a little bit of a drop off in ridership. So their response to that was to charge the people who were riding more. Right. And then they started offering less service. And so people stopped riding. So they started charging more. So they started this. So it's been this cyclical sort of build on that front for years. And it's been a slow and torturous process. But now we're at a point where it's kind of like the rubber has to meet the road. And you go, well, when does this stop? Does it stop with something going away? And a lot of the think pieces over the last few years, especially since the beginning of, of the COVID pandemic, was that, is this the end of movie theaters? And I feel like this isn't, like I said, it's not, an, like you said, it's not a nefarious move on AMC's part. I think it's a get as much cash as we can before we have to say goodbye part. Hmm. And they know that people who are going to go to the movies are going to pay to go to the movies. The trick is finding that price because why would I go to an AMC theater at a premium price to just sit in the middle of the center row when I could pay to go to an Alamo. I mean, if I'm at that point, I might as well go to the boutique theater as opposed to going to the local multiplex. But that's not theaters going away, right? That's just... I mean, I think eventually if you if AMC gets too aggressive or if just reg, if these big chains, because Regal started, Regal shut down a bunch of yeah. theaters at the beginning of February... When you start to see that, if they charge too much, if they get too aggressive, then people will just be like, all right, well, I'll just pirate it at home or I'll just wait two months for it to be on cable or whatever. The options are there. When you say the comparison to a concert or a sporting event, those are one-time things. And if you're not there, you're missing it, especially a concert or you know, the game is only happening once. The plane ride is a very limited engagement. The movie's going to play conservatively – 30 times if not it's a big enough weekend. movie over the weekend. Not opening weekend. Opening weekend is a singular event. for No one's going to go see it more than one time. You're getting that fuck, especially Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, that first weekend, that's a unique event for you. You're seeing something when it's debuting. It can be. I mean, and that that is true, but you have multiple options to go and see it. It's sure. not, the, it's not the, only, the only way in town. But, I mean, I can't fault anyone for seeing an opportunity to get their books straight and taking it, yeah. I'm just I'm just skeptical of whether or not it's going to work the way that they intend it to. I'm glad you mentioned that you don't think it's nefarious for AMC to do something like this, which I agree. I do think it's incredibly tone deaf. Um, I also think that yeah, well, you know, Elijah Wood, he's Elijah Wood. Right? He 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 was in Lord of the Rings, but also he owns a production company, an right. independent horror production company he's responsible for what i think is like creating and distributing a big part of like movies that would be hard to do otherwise so i have a lot of respect for the guy i also get he is trying to be the voice for a lot of people which is like probably where that tweet comes from but i also do like relate to this on a pretty personal level i mean i i grew up in a family of six right so for all of us to go to a movie it's a pretty big fucking deal unless your family's making really good money um for birthdays and stuff like that like a lot of most of the time growing up like because we love movies so much it was uh i don't want to party i don't want to go to this arcade or whatever like i just want to see like this movie with the co- i want to bring a couple of my friends to the movies okay. with us, right and so when i do see this that's immediately what i thought of when i saw the tweet that chad mentioned and also the news i mean they came out pretty much mm-hmm. at the same time as soon as i saw the news i went to twitter and then i saw all this feedback and stuff like that and I do think that it does – this does make it harder for what I would say a, a, a large group of people to go to the movies and still 
enjoy the experience because I think unless you're like a little little kid it is a lot harder to enjoy something if you're sitting right up front and like cranking your neck and stuff like pretty much even in high school right like we were like oh we, we have to sit in the back like we have to sit further up because like we want to enjoy this type of movie so I don't think that they even really considered that though when they made this decision I think Chad you're absolutely right they made this decision because they took a fucking bath during the pandemic yeah. and they have not figured out how to bounce no. back. And AMC is probably, uh, I, I don't, maybe they are, maybe they're not. But I would assume they're the largest theater conglomerate in the country. And they have the most to lose here because they have the most theaters out there and stuff like that. They're bigger than Regal or Cobb or Alamo Draft yeah. House or any of Bowtie, any of your local chain, Cinemark. And so I, it makes sense to me that they're doing stuff like this. So when I saw it, I was like, I don't like that. I don't think that makes a lot of sense for their success in the long run because I do think that fades out, and this kind of goes off what Goat said, it does phase out your common moviegoer where I get like the Alamo Drafthouse thing of we're trying to get rid of the people that would be on their phones. We're trying to get rid of the people that don't appreciate something like being served directly to your seat. Everyone at like, the Alamo is there to watch the movie, not to go to the movie. That's offered, yeah. but like that's offered as a boutique service, and we're lucky enough to live in a place where we can do that, and we can do it without thinking twice about it, right? Because of our income or whatever. I I, I view AMC as like the you know, like the Channel Five. It's of, the shopping of, center. Of, yeah. yeah, exactly. Of 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 movie theaters, and I think that they just if we're talking about like like does this help them or not? I think it does not help them because. At the end of the day, people are either going to go to cheaper theaters or they're just going to say, at this point, if, if it's more expensive to sit in a seat where you can enjoy the movie better, yes, I'm just going to walk this, watch this at home. So I just do not think that this works out for them in the long run. I think there's two different arguments being had here. Yeah. One is, because I agree with you guys, I, I don't think this is a smart move. And I, I remember Monk came to me and he said, I think we can charge... This, and he's a businessman. He, I don't think he did anything wrong. But he came to me and said, I think we could charge your listeners $99 for this bottle of Christmas bourbon and they would pay it. And I said, you're probably right, but they already pay for my show and I, I'm not comfortable with that, so we're going to charge them $69.99 for this bottle of booze. And that's expensive for most people in this country, a bottle of booze for 70 bucks. Mm -hmm. That was a conversation that I had. So I know what you're talking about, where people are willing to pay something, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you should charge them that. And I, I think that's a little bit here. What, what I think the difference is here. People love bitching about how they can't afford shit. And here's what I know is that Bruce Springsteen's going through this right now where his fan base is fucking in an uproar because he's pulling a Taylor Swift and his concert tickets are averaging, I think, $350 for like a fucking mid-grade seat. Sure. Yeah. What I saw during COVID and what I see with DoorDash and what I see with Uber Eats is that people are willing to pay for what they want. They're willing to pay that. What they can afford it or not, they are. And if they want to go to the movies, they'll figure out a way to pay to go to the movies. And if they have to sacrifice things in other places, then they will. Everybody that I know that has been poor my whole life smoke cigarettes. And their cigarettes have done nothing but go up the entire time. But they want to smoke cigarettes. So they continue to figure out a way to pay to smoke cigarettes. What I think we're talking about here is the format of the better seats cost more is ubiquitous. And for movies, if I'm going on fucking opening night and I want a good experience, I'm willing to pay for that. Where I think you both have a leg to stand on with your argument is AMC is probably not the brand to offer this. Yeah. If AMC came out and said, we're opening our version of the Alamo. Right. Yeah. And you get this. And th the problem also that I have with this is all of these shitheads that are going crazy have been paying $15 for a bucket of fucking yeah. 
goddamn popcorn the entire time they've been going to the movies. You've been getting fucked by movie theaters your whole life. They're gonna fuck you this way now. Like that that's all that it is. Like if you're if you're mad about getting fucked by movie theaters, you wouldn't be paying the seven dollars for a diet Pepsi. And so I just think a lot of it's disingenuous and it's very easy, as you said, Goat, to have class warfare to play that fucking card with this where while it may be clumsy and it may not work, I think you're right. I don't ultimately I don't think this works out mm-hmm. for them. I don't think that's what they're doing. I think they're trying to figure out how to make money after COVID kicked them in their fucking ass for two years. Yeah, I mean, I think I I said this already, but I think they're just tone deaf. I I don't think and lots of people are. I don't think that they're trying to phase out a certain group when they're putting out movies. Now, I would say, like, if they hear something like that, they they I want them to take it in stride and think about it. Yeah, like reconsider. Oh, wait a second, like. This maybe does matter more in fucking the middle of Nebraska compared to Fairfax, Virginia, right? Well, and um, and does the dynamic pricing change from location to location? Like, is well, each theater yeah. charging a different price? Well, everything so does. Like, yeah, because like, right? like the AMC in Tyson's Corner right now, if you go see a movie at seven o'clock on a Thursday, it's going to cost you like seventeen dollars, which, which I think is, is is for for just a standard projection screening. I believe is the most expensive ticket in our area. My parents, I, yeah. my, my, my parents live in Davenport, Iowa, right? And like they're the, the, they don't have an AMC, but I know like the last time we went to the movies there, it was like twelve ninety five for like a Friday night seven p.m. opening weekend screening. I think the last time I went down to that that gallery place Regal, it was seventeen dollars for like an eleven thirty a.m. on a Sunday and screening. Like, like, and that's when that's the, insane. The get in price being close to twenty bucks for a movie right. when you can wait three months and buy it on Blu-ray and watch it without. You know, whatever else. It is fourteen seventy five for a matinee at the Alamo right now. That's not bad. Fourteen seventy five, and that's, that's not bad. And that's with three dollar fucking service fee every single time you order it, even though you don't get a paper ticket. And also, I mean, Alamo has every theater has raised their prices mm-hmm. since the pandemic, right? Because that used to be a matinee, Chad. If I'm not mistaken, it used to be between like nine and eleven dollars. Yeah, yeah it, was 10 bucks. it used to be something just like that because that's what we would see right. all the time. And then yeah. The, the pandemic did change things, and it changed the way that we priced the tickets. Um, I, I do think that this is a major shot in the foot for AMC. Like, I just think not enough people were maybe consulted and, and asked, hey, is this a good idea or not? Because it does put out – the term class warfare is – It gets thrown around it's a lot. very easily. Yeah. It's fucking aggressive. Go but, after Disneyland. Like, let's start with Disney oh, World before we get have. anywhere near. I know that, but like, yeah. before we get anywhere near this, theme yeah. parks are for fucking kids. And somewhere along the line, now they become for adults that go down there by themselves and well, go there. And and parents who are over a barrel paying whatever they have to pay I, to make their I kids' just, lives you know, amazing. So yeah. I, I got told, no, we can't go to Disney World. Yeah. It's too expensive. My whole fucking life. I would imagine those conversations are going to have to be had about movies if the prices go up. Well, I just I I I understand and honestly I agree with like I don't want that to happen for movies. Like going to Disneyland is going to Disneyland by the way going to Disneyland means that you have how how long is the park open for? 9 to 9 probably. That's 12 hours of just like access. I can go wherever I want. I can yeah. ride whatever I want. I can take as many pictures with Mickey and Goofy. Well, lines, that I want. lines allowing. <laughs> Short, but that's still it, you, you have that guaranteed access. With going to the movies, you, concessions not even in consideration, you get whatever that, that time is locked in. And movie theaters historically have made their prices off of concessions. They make roughly 10% profit from ticket prices. The rest of that, that revenue goes to 
the studios goes to the convenience store prices. My whole fucking life, everyone has complained about movie theater tickets. Everyone's complained about Disneyland tickets. Everyone's complained about what it costs to go to a football game. My whole life, I got kids. It's gonna. This is nothing new. Is all I'm saying. Like my parents bitched about. True. We can't, we can't go to the Redskins games. It's thirty dollars a ticket, and it's going to be six dollars a hot dog. Would you murder to pay that now? As long as there are still theaters that have affordable prices, that's that's the real trick. Because sure. I remember that matinees on a summer day were an easy way to just be like, all right, you know what? These kids are a pain in the ass. Let's go spend two hours watching a movie. Sure. If those if those showings and those opportunities are still there for you know the week after a movie comes out during the day whatever as long as there's still an option to get into a theater without paying an exorbitant price that's is that's all that really matters. I just, I, movie assholes are like all assholes. I remember when Spider-Man came out and they said that Spider-Man's on too many screens there's not enough of these other movies. They're going to make money off Spider-Man. What the fuck do you want them to do? You want them to say no to the money so they can put your shitty indie film on more screens where two people are going to buy tickets? Like, unfortunately, at the end of the day, all of these people, they're employing thousands and thousands and thousands of individuals. There's stockholders. There's future fucking endeavors that they have to figure out. I I don't know what you want them to do. They're a business. I'm intrigued, and I saw um, a few people bring this up. How are they going to enforce this? You mean as far as well, like, they force like well, the Alamo? They, they have they all, I mean, seats. all AMC's have reserved seating now. Yeah, yeah, oh, they do. But I mean, yeah. I at least the one. The I have been to one in the, last, the ones in our area. Do the I, last I go three to the times. Tyson's one every now and yeah, again. the last three times awful. I've been to a, a regular theater, not the Alamo. I could have sat wherever I wanted because there were ten people in the theater, and nobody came in and checked your seat. And so, is this going to add a layer of, or is this just for the premium screenings? On big weekends, on Dude, opening weekends, because I I think there's some details that I'm unaware of of how they're going to roll this out. But I'm guessing you're also savvy enough to go to showings where you think I'm not going to be packed in here like a fucking sardine. Yes, I'm. That's generally my preference. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, it's an onion. I'm not saying it's a fucking. Oh yeah, you know, it's not a. Pear. We didn't solve it this evening. It's something that honestly I I have a ton of feelings about. Like when yeah. I when I first saw the headline, I kind of like. I took some time just to, like, think about it. And then I'm like, I got to, like, talk to other people about this because this is something that is, like, kind of not my whole life, but, like, a a very big part of my life. to you. And it's been important to me for very long. And it's not going to be solved in, you know, 30 minutes with us talking into a (laughs) microphone. Well, if only we could be the ones to solve it. it, I mean. It it is very important to me to make sure that, yeah, people can go to the movies whenever. When, when like, you know, the 13-year-old Matt is just saving his fucking allowance to go see whatever horse shit is playing that weekend. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, it's important that that is still accessible. Like, not even thinking about, like, families or whatever. Just, like, individual kids that are trying to go to the movies. though, dude. It's important that they can do that Kids have more money now. They, They don't even mow lawns anymore. They just get fucking money now nobody has chores nobody has a checklist they have to it was harder for us to get money at our age than it will be for any kid right now to get money and another thing about it is this reminds me of boxing and horse racing for my entire life i've been told boxing and horse racing are dead Mm. my entire fucking life and they both still flourish and they're everywhere they're not national pastimes like they used to be but they're everywhere you could there there is a horse track 10 horse tracks within two hours drive of where we are well i think that's 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 movies that's apt and i think going to the movies is is unfortunately i don't think it i don't want it to become a niche thing like going going is it not already a niche thing other than avatar and whatever the marvel movie is well is that by choice or is that by design of the industry 
I think it's by the evolution of technology and that we Just can the all afford you big TVs. High, do you remember? Go, you remember how expensive to get high def is yeah. like what? What eight dollars more a fucking month? Are you out of your goddamn mind? I mean, I remember Blu-rays. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the first high def television I ever saw was a tube TV. Oh wait, he's sitting right. Oh, uh, sorry. Um, it was, Please. and it might have weighed a ton. Like it might have actually weighed a ton. My you first, you didn't follow me on Twitter till like six years later. Oh, that's very sad. You weighed a ton. My first, <laughs> he lost it all for the wedding. Um, I gained it all. Back. Yeah, I said past tense. Yeah. <laughs> My first sixty-inch TV weighed seven million pounds. Yeah. And it was seven thousand dollars. And now, if you go to Price Club, you can get one for six hundred bucks. Yeah, I. That is the most compelling thing against movie theaters: giant fucking TV sitting in your house, very affordable. Well, and ever since the debut of television, the movies have been in a competition against the screen at home, and so that's where you saw some of those gimmicks. Like that's where 3D came from in the 50s. That's where Cinerama started to come in because you could only get these experiences at the theater, and that's where you're losing that a lot with some of the stuff now. Because I mean, unless it's IMAX. You know, is the is the theater is the theater experience enough of an upgrade for the regular schmo out there versus people who are cinephiles? Here's what it boils down to: Do you guys watch TikTok from yeah. time to time? Okay, really. we we are excited about movies, the three of us, right? Yes, I think no matter what your age demographic is, if you still have people that are excited about movies, then the movie theater experience will survive. The problem is, is I don't think the three of us know how much watching that shit on your phone, which does not appeal to me. I'll do it. I, I'm not saying I don't watch like a horse chewing on like, a horse looking like he's talking or a dog doing something cute. Like I'll watch yeah. that shit. But it's it's something to do just as brain fodder for, you know, when I'm taking a shit. <laughs> These fucking stupid kids that that is the way that they get their entertainment. It's entertainment. Yeah. They're not inspired by movies, and I don't think charging another two bucks for the fucking nice seat is what we're talking about. It's whether these dumb kids are in love with movies the same way that we were, and the same way that we still are, because we're still paying customers in this society, no matter what they want, how irrelevant they want to make us because of our demographic. Well, and it could just be that the evolution of entertainment maybe doesn't, at some point down the road, maybe not in our lifetime or two or three lifetimes from now, Big screen movies isn't yeah. part of it. Well, dude, I, mean, I love renting. What did we do last week? We spent fucking two hours talking about how great Errols was and how much we missed it. Yeah. It's still fucking gone. It's gone. It's gone. Well, think about a screen like the Uptown in D.C. That was the norm for movies at that when that mm-hmm. was new. Movies were gigantic you used experiences. to put on a suit to go to a fucking Well, movie. and it's just this, the, the huge... You know, bajillion millimeter print that was the size of the side of a barn. And then even as the 70s and 80s came along, you started to get to the multiplex where the theater it was a still much bigger screen than you had at home. But you started to get, well, it was a little bit smaller because we had to fit three or four in here. Well, it's a little bit smaller because we had to hit 14 in here. You don't have that gigantic, all-consuming movie screen for a regular movie you unless big, it's you've been to that movie theater all the way to the left in the alamo well that's that's the, 200 the motherfuckers shows. sitting in that yeah. goddamn thing it's pretty sick in pretty there. fucking great <laughs> but i mean like my favorite place but that's yeah and that that's the exception as opposed to the norm so yeah. that's or just the evolution of movies i know it's it's weird to just sit here and you know shake our fists at clouds and just be kind of like movies but you know every, i think every every I, man goes through this it will be it will be a shame when it if slash when it does happen. I don't think it will ever completely go away. Like you I said, don't either. The boxing and the horse racing yep. and and that sort of yeah. thing. 
There's, there's always, always going to be a place. It won't yeah. go away. Making sure it's accessible for anyone who those wants who it want it is it, that's that's the key. Is those who want it keep it's it alive, accessible to them. That's what's most important. And by the way, some of it's good. Some of it, I should be able to get a Cobb salad if I don't want to just eat Junior Mints. Like sure. some of it's good. Like yeah. the yeah, Alamo yeah. would not exist if movie theaters were allowed to just be the shitholes they Man, were. And those colors for my whole life. Those buffalo color went to the Alamo Rays. I'm a huge fan. You get beer. I mean, I love going to the movies, but you know what I love even more than going to the movies is talking. I mean, clearly, we're not really at a loss for time this evening, and I could just go on talking all night. Let me tell you what, I'm fucking tired of talking, dude. I just want to go back to jail and get drunk. (laughs) 